Okay, bro. I'm just, la, 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 la. I'm just gonna look at you. This is my room's a mess. Oh man, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, welcome back to the quarantine episode of the Messy Room. As always, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Vic, and I'm with my best friend Jason. What's We're good, here. What's good? What's good? Like a messy room, life is all over the place, ladies and gentlemen, and no idea is crazy. We're going to talk about it all on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. And, oh, man. Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. I'm <laughs> hyped, a little nervous. We got we got an amazing, superstar. amazing guest. Superstar. superstar. Yeah, exactly. Amazing guest amazing. this week, ladies and gentlemen. Sweet, bro. Oh, man. All right. So we have a guest that for me, I've been, I've been following her for a while. I think she's awesome. And I'm really excited. Honestly, yo, this shit, this is something I've been dreaming about for like months. And all of a sudden it started, it's becoming a reality today. I'm excited. Today we're having somebody, a, a person of science. You know, this is the first time we actually have somebody that's not just, you know, me talking to science about Vic and Vic's getting tight. Yo, I don't care about science, bro, blah, blah, blah. We have somebody that cares about science just as much as me. Um, she, Yo, she does some great stuff in the community. She's Yo, I, I'm just excited, bro. Honestly, the, I don't even want to ruin it for you guys. I'm just, I'm just introduce her. Yo, I've been raving about her for a while, bro. Now, yo, this week, yo, this week we have on our special guest, Raven Baxter. Oh man, how's Hello. it going? How you Hello. doing? Hey y'all, what's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? Oh man, we're excited to have you. Like all, all jokes aside, like um. Like, I just want to reiterate this. Like, I'm telling you, Jason told me about you, right? And he was, like, just so hyped and excited. Yo, you should see what she's doing, bro. She's going to change the world. It's mad yeah. awesome, bro. And I was, yeah. like, the more hyped he got, I was, like, oh, I got I to gotta find out who she is. And the more research I did, I was, like, oh, man, she's the best, bro. Yo, so I literally, we're we're super telling, excited to have you on. I'm literally, I've been telling Vic, I think I sent him a screenshot. I was, like, last week. Like after we, you know, we we had the meeting in place already. I was like, "Yo, Vic, I sent him a screenshot of you talking back and forth with MC Hammer." I was like, "Bro, she's tweeting back and forth with MC Hammer, and she's about to be on our show, bro." I was just, I was like, "All right, bro, this is this is like a big step for us, and on, this is just like an opportunity for us to to open people's eyes too, because you know, for me, I come from a we 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 come from a place where science is not like you know, it's it's the boring subject in school. It, nobody really cares about it." So it's it's exciting to have somebody that loves science just as much as me, and we can talk about it, try to inspire some people to be more interested in it, and you know get it rolling. So I guess we yes. can start off. Yes, yes. I guess we could start it off for you. You know, you've been you've been doing science. You're getting your PhD right now. What inspired you to want to do science and like, you know, do what you're doing? It's always been a factor in my life. Like I feel I make a joke and I say I popped out the womb as a scientist because yeah. i really are we testing <laughs> on the show huh what is it okay. yeah 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 oh, okay all right well yeah i, I tell people like i dead ass came out of my mom like as a scientist and mm -hmm. as a kid some of my earliest memories are just me curious about the world around me and me just asking questions about everything like even like why is the sky blue mm. why is the grass green you mm. know what why are there different types of clouds in the sky and like just questions like that that my family couldn't answer because i don't come from a family of scientists i come from mm -hmm. a, a family of smart people but nobody is in stem so i had to figure that stuff out 
on my own, right? So like I became like a mini researcher, you know, I'm in the library, (laughs) books, trying to figure this out. And that's, that's scientists, right? That's, that's a, that's a early budding scientific career. Mm -hmm. And I stuck with that. And like, I'm kind of glad that I was a kid who didn't really care what people thought of me because I definitely did get made fun of Mm. because I was so inquisitive and smart and in a time and place where kids my age just weren't really into it, at least in the area that I was in. Yeah. Um, you know, inner city. And but like, you know, I never listened to the haters. I was like, um, this is what's interesting to me. If it's not interesting to you, you do your own thing. You know, hey, we all got our own thing going that's on. True, here. Spikes. So um yeah, you know, I just kept pursuing science and I, I love learning and with science there's always questions to answer mm-hmm. so it's, it's really exciting for me to um, be a scientist and I've never really um, you know I've considered like alternative careers like fashion yeah. um, or politics in which I might get into eventually because at this rate you know I gotta jump in and like but yeah you know science has always been number one for me and that's I'm still there today yeah all right so for yeah that's awesome because for me i was the same way you know i was young i was always like i, I even to this day like i ask myself like 100 questions a day you know like just just like being curious and and it's not just like because of science it's more just you know natural curiosity but i think like the curiosity is what brought me to science like when i was in high school is when i started i started taking like eight, I, I started getting recommended for ap classes because i was like good Right. So that's when I, I like started getting deep into like certain subjects like biology, chemistry, physics. And I was like, all right, this is definitely what I want to do. One, because I've always been good at math, like math and science kind of go hand in hand, you know, so mm. math has always been my strong suit. So when I saw that I could use math and apply it to the world, like especially if chemistry was my first love for science, like chemistry was like, all right, this is this is what I want to do in my life. Oh, Jason, real smart. <laughs> Yo, nah. Jason's big smart. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big nah, smart. Yeah, it, it, it I, was, it's the complete opposite for me, but somehow we still ended up in the same space. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, uh, that's what I love about science too. It's not. It applies to everything. Like, like literally anything, anything and everything is science. Like the way you, the way our phones work, right? The the way. The, like the way the the like the the crystalline structure of all this stuff inside works like i mean i mean like it's just everything little little thing like gravity like the way the air is you know there's oxygen and then and all these particles in the air and you breathe it in blah 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 like it literally explains the world so for me like it was like a way to look at the world in a different way so that i can i you know put it to my advantage like when I'm when I'm sitting there and I'm like all right I need to do something I like try to think about what I know and how it works and how can I apply what I know and how it works to make it do what I want it to do you know so mm. I've always been inspired bro so, so a question I have right is so like I'll be honest right I was I was never like into the science like I felt like I was a curious kid but I never like I felt like like I felt like science was kind of like like when they kind of like gave it to me in school, it was kind of like, I felt like it was like, you know, when like you're a little kid and I don't, I don't know if, it, if I'm the only one who went through this, like they tell you to read and it's like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I felt yeah. like science was like that. But as like, you know, I became friends with Jason, like Jason, like this is, he loves this stuff. And he convinced me that it, this stuff is important and this stuff is interesting. Right. Like I did, I was like blinded by all that stuff. So how do you convince someone that was like me that was like, oh, that's not for me. 
How do you convince someone like that to show that science is awesome and science is important? I feel like we could tie in a lot of what Jason just demonstrated into that question and just showing people how accessible science really is. Science isn't just people in a lab running experiments, you know, real smart, oh, white men, you know, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what science is, right? That's how science has been presented by the media and by the representation we have and the societal structures we've, well, not we, but people have developed over time. <laughs> but the, the real science is like scientific inquiry, literally just asking questions and using the tools and resources around you to answer those questions and come up with, with conclusions. And like, we can, we can get people into science by just showing them simple things around them in their everyday lives uh, that they can answer or investigate scientifically. And also like helping people understand how important science is to their everyday, everyday lives. Um, the way your car runs, you know, you can't get to work without a scientist, right? Because yeah, yeah. you know, your our cars run on basically continuous explosions. We had to figure out how we wouldn't explode ourselves every time we turn mm -hmm. the key in the ignition. You know what I'm saying? So or thank you, scientists, ourselves with the that. gases. Exactly. So like it's it's all around us. It's important, and we have to really drive that home for people who are disconnected with that, um, so that we can build or bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to answer your question too, Vic, for me, like, I think that it's just the way it's presented to us in school, especially like our schools, you know what I mean? Like, in, in I, agree, our school, I agree. It's always like, it's always like, you know, just an additional, additional thing we have to learn. It's not like something that's important. It's just like something else I got to learn. Like, it's like you know, a mandatory class you have to take to graduate. That's yeah, how they like, put no, it out there. Like every, everyone, I remember in school, everybody in algebra and stuff like that was like, yo, why do I need to learn this? I'm never going to do this stuff in my, I'm never going to use this stuff in my life. And like, like, like Raven said, the idea of science is you got to be a scientist, you know, in the lab doing experiments when it's not really true. So like, if you, if you're a little kid or like, you know, in, in school and you, and you're like, growing up and you're not expecting to be a scientist in your life why are you going to care about science in the first place it's just going to be like something you know like i said it's just something you have to learn but i think you know the way it's presented it should be more of something like it runs life bro literally it runs our life how everything works inside of our bodies as well it literally is science bro like how you breathe mm. how i can move my muscles how they contract back and forth this all this crazy stuff that's going on inside of our bodies it literally happens because of science and i think it's the way it's presented that makes it tough for for people so, so that so then like how, how do we present it because like i learned late right i learned mm. late that science was important science is awesome right but like how do i how do you get how do you get to the point where like little kids are like oh man that's that's what we need to learn. We need to learn how the world works around us and how things work together to create what we have. You know what I mean? How do you like, how do you portray it? So kids are interested. I um, think maybe the answer. Oh, you can go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was, I was just waiting to see if you want. I think maybe, you know, we could start with more diversity in what kids are watching on television, right? Like we don't really have, good representation especially for kids of color um 
who are who might be interested in science like we have sid the science kid but i think he's orange like you know he's <laughs> we don't really know what sid the science kid who he's representing he's orange but um having role models in science who look like um our target audiences and and who can speak to it and speak the same language as our communities that are underrepresented especially um is important to getting people into science and then also understanding like we are not a monolith like even white people are different right we got like hillbilly white people who do science right yeah, yeah. we got uh people you know in la like um, I don't know, just Californian Valley people doing science. We got New Yorkers doing science. We, you know, we got Floridians doing, like, and those, those are all different cultures. And I think like, we need to do a better job of just showing diversity in general for, for all races um, so that people can not just see somebody who looks like them, but actually really feel connected to who they're seeing um, and hearing do science in the media. Mm, I agree. Cause I think like seventh grade is when I was first introduced to like Bill Nye. Bill Nye the science guy was like one of the first people I learned was like, all right, this is a scientist. He teaching me all this stuff. And I was like, all right, I, I kind of like what he's talking about. And he was like, you know, he was always like kind of crazy on his show too. He was always like, yo, look at this. This is some crazy thing that I'm showing you, blah, 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 blah. So, but then, you know, on top of that, now we, you know, not to say push over Bill Nye the science guy, but move over, bro. Now we got Raven the science maven, who's somebody, you know, like you're, you're, I think. I don't is, want the smoke, bro. I don't want the smoke. I guess, I guess there's room, there's room enough for everybody in this community, right? So it, it's more like, I agree with you. It's more like trying to show people that it's not just you know this person that's been like this like you know it's not just this type of person it's anybody like i like obviously the reason i first like like was like all right we really need her out to be on our show was i watched your ted talk and i bro personally i was like i was already like i was in tears watching that because I, I was gonna say i'm not gonna lie i cried because because one i loved how you started you started it talking about you can't put yourself in a box and i bro that's like literally what i tell vic all the time people are like oh you're this this and that i'm like bro please i'm all i am is jason bro don't put me in a box literally my name is jason that's the only box i want to be in and so then you started talking about your story I mean, I don't want to say the story. I think it's more, it'll be better coming from you. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I quoted a lot. Yeah, so. I know. I know. <laughs> that's why that's, that's what I was like. I was like, damn, I like, I, this is something important to talk about. But it's, I feel like that's always the message that you're, you're forced to send because you are that, you know, person that is like the first one. Not first, but like, you're like one of the people trying to come out and be this. So I'll tell the story then. Uh, the story is she was working. She, you were working at a research lab doing for biology so she was already doing her science like the you know like what i'm expecting to be doing next year after i graduate she was already doing right and she was the person that she was she was like the only black person at her job and you know one day i think they got another there was another person that was black came to the to the job and somebody came up to her and was like oh how nice it must be for you not to be the token black anymore and like that's that hit me, bro. Like I was like, I was like, damn, bro. Why is it gotta always be like that? It's not, and it's not just like in the science community. It's like all over. It's the everywhere. Place. It's everywhere. It, it's like all over the place. You, it feels like 
we're we're not you know meant to be in this in this field and i and i understand that that's why a lot of people are thrown off and don't want to be in this kind of field because like for me i had a i have a similar experience where um so when i was graduating it was my senior year and my ap physics teacher i, I honestly he was like one of my favorite teachers and he stood up at the front of the class at like we it was like towards the end we had already taken the ap exam and he stood up at the front of the class and he was like reading us statistics saying yo uh one one in every six uh latinos graduates from college and i was just like i was like damn there was a class of 30 and i was like only five of us based off of those stats only five of us should be able to graduate and like when he was reading that to me obviously he was just trying to open my eyes to the reality of stuff but it, it really felt like like when I what I'm trying to pursue is not like, you know, I'm not meant to succeed in this kind of thing. So it's like, you know, I think having positive role models like Raven is, is what we need so that people are more motivated to get there. And like on top of that, now that I'm in my science field and I'm studying chemical engineering, I'm the only Hispanic in my class of like 90 people, maybe one or two more. Like, could you imagine like the percentages are, are way off? Like, it's like, it's like 70 white kids in a class of 90. And then I'm like here by myself and I'm the only one that's Hispanic. I like already sitting in class. I don't feel like I should belong in that, in that situation because like, bro, why, why like, who do you think you are? You're the only Hispanic here. Like, who, what are you trying to be? You go back to where you, where you came from. I obviously nobody's saying this to me. Like I didn't get the, the experience where somebody's saying that to me directly, but sometimes it just feels like I don't belong there. So it's tough Was this person reading um, that the statistics were they Latino? What was it? Mr. Peacock wasn't Latino. No, he was white. He was white. See, my problem is when people read those statistics, my first question is, okay, so you know the statistics. What are you going to do to change the statistic? Or are you just telling me the statistic to discourage me? It's like, what's the point in telling a classroom full of students who have their whole lives ahead of them that they're not going to make it? Mm. If you're not actively like also vocalizing, I'm going to help you make it, you know? like. Mm. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like for him, like he, he was a very supportive teacher. Like, I feel like he was a special kind of teacher. He was, he cared a lot about our, us as students, but it was more like, you know, I think the reality is like we, like me and Vic grew up in Chelsea, like bro. Most, it's, like, a, it's like a Hispanic neighborhood. Yeah, this literally like, there was like two white kids that graduated in our whole class, like yeah, 300 people. Yeah. So it's like, you know, imagine, imagine the whole opposite of usually it's like a bunch of white people and like a few of the minority. We're the majority in that situation. So it's it's like, you know, I think he was just trying to open our eyes because he he knows that we're coming from, you know, we're like, you know, like, what is it called? I don't know how to say it. It's kind of like we're in like this special environment that's like not, not the norm in the whole world. So like, I think he was just trying to open our eyes to to what 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 can we what can we expect when we get there? Cause like literally, okay. I did not grow up with any white kids at all, right? And then I yeah. go to college, and I'm the only Hispanic in my class. So now I'm on, I'm literally was taken from one place that was here that was like I felt really comfortable to a like now I'm like all right, uh, what's going on here? And I was all confused, but I think him telling me that. One, it put a chip on my shoulder. Like I'm trying to represent not just myself, but I'm trying to represent my family and everybody and the community that I come from too. Like, you know, so 
it, you know, it's, it's positive and negative, but I do think that it's just like, it's tough that it has to feel like I have to be the one to like make it out. You know, I, it's like, like for you, like I know, I, I like I said, you, you, you probably told that story how many times, like, it's just, you know, like, it feels like that's what, why are you like, you got the burden to try to change people's minds. Like, why is that the mm. case? It shouldn't have to be the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, what, what, keep going. what, what, get, oh, you can keep going, yeah. Oh, were you saying something? I don't know. Oh, no, nah. so I was going to say what, what got me with your TED Talk was, it was just, I like, because I was like, oh, man, she's like, like, I feel like, you know, like, you're like famous, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then to be, to be like, so like relatable, like, because like, when you were saying like, you were doing the science, you were doing the thing you love, but you felt alone still, you know, you felt alone. And I, and I felt like that for a long time. I, I worked uh, in a bank for three years. And um, everyone around me did not look like me. And, you know, I, I even tried to, like, do things like uh, I got a comb over. You know what I'm saying? Try to fit in. and, and did it, I swear, I, I swear on everything. I swear on everything. Yeah, I got a comb over. Try to, like, you know what I mean? I was, like, and I felt, like, uh, like just, I felt, like, like because I loved doing the business, the finance side of things in, in the bank. It, but it became, like, a thing where it was, like, I felt like I was losing myself. And even, like, with my friends and stuff, I was changing and and I was different, you know, and it was because I was trying to just like, like, I feel like assimilate to like fit in bro, nonsense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the then when you, like, when you said that, I was just like, oh my God, I, I relate to that so much. Cause I felt alone. Like even, even when like, like I, I never got like the, like, like, you know, like I got like some like little comments here and there, but I never got like something directly like you did, but it was still like a thing where like, even when these like dudes were trying to be nice to me, I still kind of felt like alone like I felt like I was like ah you'll never understand me you know like it was like weird and I just had to, I had to leave like it was just like I felt like I was changing as a person doing that job isn't that crazy man like that's that's really crazy you started physically changing things about yourself just to yeah. feel like you could fit in this space that is insane nobody should have to go through that that's crazy I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, never in my life have I got a comb over except for uh, those three years. So those three this, years of my life. This is something that I actually talk about, Vic, about, you know, for a lot. Like, especially when he was, we was working there. Like, you know, I'm I, I'm obviously his friend, right? And I could see the phys, like, not only the physical changes he was trying to make, but it was like, even like, you know, when he would call me after work, it doesn't seem like Vic. It was just like a whole different person. Like, it, it really felt like him trying to fit in was breaking himself down as a person and wasn't being himself anymore. So, like, I know your message is always to be your unapolog unapologetic self. Like, that's beautiful because, you know, you got to be yourself and you can't, you can't, you know, care what other people are going to think about you. But so Vic, when I talked to this about, talk about that with Vic, he's like, but yo, if I, if I, if I don't, you know, change it i'm not gonna fit in they're gonna look at me different and i'm not gonna be able to get to where i want to get if i don't do that yeah so the, the thing we always talk about is code switching you know codes like switching switching the way you talk and everything to like try to fit in and i know in one of your songs that you that you made atcg about you know nah. the way our dna is made obviously you talked to, you said you said i don't code switch so for you in that situation why do you why do you not try to code switch um, many reasons, but let me say that during my doctoral research, I 
looked into actual scholarly research that other people have done about code switching and the psychological impacts that it has on minorities in science. And guess what? There is a negative psychological impact. We have documentations of people going into depression um, and people having to receive therapy because of code switching. And that is proven through multiple studies looking into the narratives of people in STEM. And so we have actual, you know, mental implications here. And, you know, the mind and the body are connected, right? So, you know, mental, physical, this is affecting us as, a, as our, in our being, right? And that's not right. I, and I recognize this even well before my doctoral research, I was physically like sick when I was working at this job. And I, I want to say I was depressed and my depression maybe led to some like physical ailments where I was just like having trouble getting out of bed. I was having trouble like, you know, really just functioning. And it was because I was depressed and I was depressed because every time I came into work, I had to basically cut off who I was and assume in, an identity that I had to craft based on what I felt like I had to do to be accepted and seen yeah. as equal at the workplace. and like that was literally making me sick like mm. physically ill and um my doctor is the actual person who told me to quit that job my doctor that, that's like, like a prescription that's crazy that's like the prescription yes. from the doctor jason told yeah. me to quit my job prescription <laughs> yeah yeah nah it was it was literally like when when i remember like because I was, I'm always like, uh, I'm always thinking about the next joke. Like, how can I, you know, how can I be funny in this way, whatever shape or form. And it was kind of like a thing where like Jason would say a joke to me. Like, and I was kind of like, yo, don't say that to me. Don't talk to me like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and then I would think to myself, like, why was I mad, bro? I'm, it wasn't even that deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? And then, and then like Jason all the time, bro, it's your job, bro. You got to leave your job, man. You got to leave, daily basis. bro. On a daily basis, yeah, and I, I fi so I finally left, and I feel I feel like twenty billion times better. Like I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm back and I'm better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. More than ever. You know what I'm saying? I feel I feel great. I feel awesome, and it's and I think I thank this man right here for for just like being there through the even when I was yelling at him and stuff. You know what I mean? Friend, um, yo, you're a good friend for real. Hey, bro. Yeah, I just like you know we gotta we gotta take care of ourselves and like. I think the hardest thing about leaving the job was, you know, a lot of other Black people that I look up to who are older than me and kind of see my journey, um, they were like, don't leave, you know, we need Black women in STEM. Like, you got to stay to keep the numbers up. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> is it really my job, though? You know, like, I feel like the companies that hire us, it's their responsibility to keep the numbers up. We shouldn't have to stay in these places where we're experiencing emotional trauma just so that we can keep the statistic, you know, or beat the statistic of, of women or people of color in STEM. Like they need to fix their practices. They need to check their employees, make sure that they're cultivating a healthy work mm -hmm. environment and culture for us to stay, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have retention or you can't have diversity without retention if you you can hire people but if they don't stay we'll mm -hmm. never be able to to beat this statistic 
and the responsibility is not on us, right? Because we we're just one person. They have to fix the organizational culture. Um, so I, you know, I spent some time really thinking, like, do I do, you know, how can I still do it for the culture, right? And and hold it down for my people without basically killing myself, right? Mm-hmm. Slowly. Yeah. And I said, okay, I get the decision. I'm like, I'm gonna leave, but I'm gonna turn around and try to bring in more people behind me as I work on fixing the culture. And that's ultimately what happened. Yeah, so so that's what you're doing now as, you know, you're doing your PhD in science edu- in science education, right? So mm-hmm. one, what, what, what are you specifically studying? I know a PhD is usually like doing research and stuff like that, right? Yeah, um, so, I am, it's really fun because my work, I'm, I'm doing a study on myself, kind of. Okay. Um, so I, my study is centered around my music video that is titled Big Old Geeks. Mm-hmm. And Big Old Geeks. Yo, you, you can spit, you bro. Like, you like, got some, you got some bars. Yeah, about yeah. science, bro. Like, you can spit. The flow is crazy <laughs> on that song. Like you're just like 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 I can't even talk. I got I got I got I got I got a quote. I got a quote here. Let me try to find it. Oh oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, I'll find I'll find I'll find it. I'll find it. But y'all, that that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah, continue, continue. Y'all are too kind. You're too kind for real. I appreciate it. Um, but like that, just a little background on that song. I'm gonna tie this into my doctoral research. But uh, the reason why I made that song was really out of pettiness. You know, like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have, um, and Victor, I'm sure you can like relate, and, and Jason, I'm sure you can relate too. But Victor, when you quit your job at the bank, yeah. right? How much pent up shit did you have in your <laughs> I spirit? Had a lot. A I lot, had a lot, right? A lot, yeah. And like, how did you get rid of that energy? I honestly, honestly, like I was so, all right. So I felt like I was like hugging my, holding myself back for so long that when like, I was kind of nervous. I don't know why I was like nervous when I, I called my boss. Cause we're all working from home. This is recent. This is like two months ago, three months ago. And um, I called my boss and then I was like, oh, what am I going to say? Like talking to myself. And then like, when the words just started coming out, I started like smiling and I was just like, you know what I mean and, and it was kind of like and then um he was kind of like I, I think like he like could hear that I was like happy and he was like well uh yeah I'm not gonna convince you to stay it sounds like you made your decision and I was like in my head I was like hell yeah you know what I mean <laughs> but you know but yeah that that like it was that moment when I was like actually speaking to him and then that's when I was like, yo, I felt, I felt like weight was just getting lifted left and right off my shoulders. It was yes. awesome. I love that you said that because it was the exact same thing for me. Um, only that happened for me a, like a longer than two months after I quit. Like, or um, not, sorry, you said two months ago. It was, um, it happened not as I was quitting, but like months after I had quit. I started mm-hmm. really reflecting and looking back. Cause you know, I, as I said before, I was struggling between like, do I stay and stick it out for the culture and like keep, you know, getting abused in this toxic atmosphere or do I leave and do better for myself and try to, you know, do different things in this space. And so I was feeling guilty actually for a few months cause I'm like, dang, I left, dang, dang. Um, but once I kind of got over that feeling, I was like, 
oh no they they messed up they really missed out (laughs) that's how it is they they missed out and so in that emotion i just started writing bars like i was getting real petty because i'm like oh yeah they really missed out because you know i'm i'm that girl they could have had a good one over there um i started writing down how i felt and like basically kind of wanted to leave an instruction guide i guess for people coming in behind me, like, you know, this, this is the energy we're going to have coming into this space, right? Like, Mm. um, and I wanted to pump confidence out of myself and into, like, just the STEM world, but specifically for Black women, like, um, because I've, I've had the experience of what it feels like to not have support, and I wanted to send a message of support. And also, like, as I was writing the bars, I'm like, Oh no, oh, this gotta be a music video, which I've never done. <laughs> like <laughs> it was so extra for me, but I was at the point where I'm like, I know it's gonna look bad if I got twerking videos online, but mm. like at the same time, if I'm being true to myself, this is exactly what I'm gonna do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote the song, I made the video, I, I prayed on it, you know, I'm spiritual, I was praying on it, and I'm like, you know, if 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 this is meant to be, it'll be, you know, I'm hoping that it gets received well and that the message that I'm trying to give to the world gets to the right people and that, you know, I'm not going to get roasted. Um, And what happened was I did not get roasted for the most part. Um, (laughs) For the most part, like it, the response to my music video, like I got, I talked about this in my Ted talk. I was not planning on it going viral I was just putting it out there, you know, with no expectations, just to, just to really say I did it. You know, I yeah. did something that was yeah. true to me, how I felt. Um, like it went, it went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the messages I was getting back were from not really just black women, but people all over STEM saying this inspired me to be myself, right? Seeing you, you know, do your thing and be comfortable with who you are, with your body and the way that you talk and, you know, the way that you want to share science inspires me to do my own thing and like be true to myself in this space. And that was like mind blowing to me because I didn't really like (laughs) understand that was possible the way I was doing it because I had never seen anybody communicate science and like celebrate science the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always, I had always seen, you know, the, the whitewashed version of somebody just standing in your face um, sharing facts or like if it was a rap video, it was never really done in the way that I would do it. Like it usually is science rap videos. They strip all of the real culture out mm-hmm. of it. And it's just yeah. like people, rhyming. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I wasn't sure how I was going to be received, but to to see how well received it was, was amazing. So I, I studied it, you know, with, now I'm circling, ugh, circling back to my doctoral study. Um, I studied the response to my music video and I specifically like zoned in on the response of black women because I'm a black woman and I understand that lived experience and I wanted to start there. I'm going to expand the study later to all populations, but for black women, um, I I interviewed 50 and half of them have STEM careers and the other half don't. And they all watched my Big Old Geeks music video and I asked them questions. And so um, some of the data that I got from them was that 
uh, out of all the 50 women, 98% of them said that they identify the most common representation of a scientist in American media as a white male, um, which was of no surprise because that's consistent with actually 50 years of data um, of researchers asking the same question, right? We've asked the same question for 50 years. I just wanted to build on that. And it's consistent. Mm. Um, but... <laughs> 80% of the women had, of all of the women, had never seen a black woman scientist in the media ever. Like, I, I ever. think you're the first one for me too. Me too, yeah. Ever. I was like, so nobody, like not nobody on TV, nobody on the internet. Then they're like, I've never seen it. I didn't know they even existed. Some of them didn't even know. And I'm like, what? And um, for, of the half of the women that did not have STEM careers, would you believe that 80% of them said they would have tried to pursue a STEM career if they had seen this type of representation earlier in their lives? Isn't wow. that crazy? Wow. That's, that is crazy. It's crazy. And, and that is probably the most important part of my research because um, the, the research that's been done on underrepresentation of different races in STEM, they never really ask adults who are not in STEM careers why they didn't choose STEM. Mm -hmm. They always talk to people who have STEM careers about like their experiences in STEM, but we need to like take two steps back and say, we have a whole population of adults here who, who don't connect with STEM. Why is that? Let's ask them why not? And how can we, how can we get them into STEM or what, where did we mess up? What could we have done? And uh, my study is showing that representation earlier in, in these people's lives can make a really big impact. So um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to contribute to the literature in that way. And I'm hoping that my data can be used to give more opportunities to people of color um, and more diverse folks, just a chance to be seen and heard in, in this space. Mm, that's beautiful. Awesome. That is that is absolutely beautiful because I got two things, right? One, obviously, one that music. I'm telling you again, that music video is crazy, bro. If if you haven't watched it, go watch that music video. I'll put Ladies and gentlemen, yo, if you haven't watched this music video, you're fucking slacking. And just and I'm it, telling you, yo, I'm, let, and me, and let, and let me just let me just read let me just read a little, little quick little bar, little quick little bar. Ready, ready. My flow sick. It's bubonic. You might need antibiotics. Boom. It, that went over. That went over Jason's head. He doesn't know. He doesn't what? even know what that means. That went over Jason's head. <laughs> like, like that, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, obviously, you know, I, bro, me and Vic, we're both big fans of rap. Like, uh, my favorite rapper is Kendrick Lamar, and I love the the wordplay and everything. And you were able to not only keep the wordplay, the flow, but the flow, oh, the flow was crazy, oh, and man. it was still about science, bro. Like that shit was like a triple threat. I was, I was listening to. I was like, yeah, what? This is crazy, a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. I've never seen this before, right? So that's one. That's one, right? Two, the study that you're doing. I want to say, like, first off, like, like stepping back, right? You're like, it's crazy, Vic. I don't know. I don't know. Because you're the one outside of science in this situation. Like, let me speak yeah, yeah, to you yeah. right here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, don't you think it's crazy? Like, she's doing science based just asking people about their opinions. That's still science, bro. I think it's crazy. It 
this is this is what I think is crazy. It, like I, everybody thinks science is this. You know, you pour it from the beaker to another beaker. That's boom, that's pop. what I think. No joke. That's what I think. It, but that's it's, what I thought. That's what I thought. It's really mm-hmm. like like uh, the, uh I, we get taught the scientific method when we're kids, bro. It's like whatever you you know you ask a question, hypothesize, you do your research, get your data, again you get your conclusion, right? So yeah, yeah. the thing is, I I don't think it's pushed enough. That bro, it could be about anything. It doesn't just have to be about you know this explosion, this reaction, or this and that. It could literally be what Raven's doing right here, just asking questions and understanding how people feel and what what's going on in the situation. So what I think that's a beautiful study because you know that's gonna open a lot of people's eyes and help people in the future too. This is so it's like a science that helps people. You know, then that's just, it's just crazy, bro. It's just crazy. Thank you. Thank yeah, you what, so much. Yeah. Um. So, so now you, so when you get your PhD in science education, I was seeing, bro. Yeah, uh, you posted two days ago or something like that. <laughs> this, yo, I was like, yo, she made a mistake, bro. I, I have be a lot coming of- for people's necks, bro. Yo, <laughs> yeah. yo, she dead has added. The secretary of education was like, I want your job. I want bro. your job. I want your job, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm not yo, that I was hyped, bro. I was hyped. I was like, yo, that's crazy, bro. That's not that's not being fearful. That's not being nice. Yo, you know what? I want change. This is how I'm gonna make change. I want to do it for myself, bro. So, you know, going off of that. So, you know, right? You want so now you're gonna have a PhD in education. Clearly, you're qualified for the job. You know, there's 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 no way no one's gonna be like, no, you can't you can't be the secretary of education. You that ass got a PhD in education, like although it's you know specifically science, it's still education. So if you did did get that job, what would be your first step? It'd be the first thing you go and you sit down, you change, cause yo, go ahead. There's so much, you know, and I still have a bit to learn, you know, about the structure of the education system, but I've worked at multiple levels in many different capacities in many different education systems from public schools, K through 12, to the university, to being an administrator, you know, to being a professor, to being, you know, on the staff as an advisor. Like I've seen so many different dimensions of what's going on and man, there's there's a lot of issues, man. We got a lot mm-hmm. to fix. It's almost mm-hmm. hard to say right. where we start first. Um, one of, I'll tell you a few of my priorities. Number one, teachers need to be paid more money. For sure. More money. For sure. They are not paid enough for what they go through. They're not. If we can't, if we cannot afford to pay more money, then we need to reduce the workload. Mm. Um, they need to have better breaks during the day so that they can unwind you know being a teacher is like being a parent to hundreds of kids Mm -hmm. it's a huge emotional load huge and you know you're you're caring you're trying to care for students you're trying to discipline students you're trying to teach students when you're finished at the end of the day you are worn out and then some teachers don't even stop there they do after school activities right Mm -hmm. or they're running clubs they're they're coaching sports people are putting their entire lives and literal beings into the job. And they do it because they're passionate about it and they wanna see these kids successful. And we want to really nurture and like invest in our teachers because they're bringing up the future of our of our country, right? Mm-hmm. And if they tired and worn out, 
And if, if we have teachers quitting every year and, and students have no consistency because they know Mr. Smith is going to be quitting at the end of the year, you know, we, we don't, we're not going to care about Mr. Smith because he's, he's just going to be gone. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, we, our school systems are broken. So we have a lot to do. We need, we need to um, enforce like better cultural awareness for our students across the board. Mm -hmm. I feel like there should be national standards, like, national standards that that are for uh, cultural competency so that people understand not only what's going on in their communities but what's going on beyond their communities mm. um and and truly like a, giving a hands-on approach to that right not just preaching but like let's get these kids out here let's actually take them around their communities so they can see what's going on let's let's teach them why things are happening the way that they're happening and also empower them with leadership skills so that they can feel like a connection to it and like a duty to take care of their communities and the people in it. Um, standardized testing is questionable. It's not looking good, especially for people of color. Mm -hmm. um, these standardized tests are not, are not great. So we need to take a look at that. I'm not sure if they should be eradicated completely, but I think that we certainly need to be more creative in how they're implemented and how they're mm. designed. Um, but we definitely do need some some sort of standard grading metrics. So that's why yeah. I'm hesitant to get rid of it completely. Yeah. Um, but you know, those those are those are things that I am really passionate about. And of course science, right? But mm. that's you know well yeah that's, that's besides, a whole other thing. That, this is just the baseline. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So vote for me. Well I actually no I'm not I don't have to run but um, Joe Biden, Kamala, you know, if it's my time, hey, I accept. Okay, I'll, I'll see. I'll see. I want to see it. I want to see it. I already done added uh, Betsy Davos, so girl, you already know what time it is. So <laughs> she's coming, bro. She's coming. She's coming. Yeah. Yo, she probably did. She probably went like this though. Yeah, she, she probably she didn't like, want the oh. smoke. She didn't want the smoke. <laughs> you don't want the smoke. For real. What are you going to say to that? Like, what do you even say to that? That's just never like, oh, damn, bro. Clearly, I'm not doing something. Well, I mean, you see it, but there's no there's no changes that and what we need to be seen change. So I want to I want to say, yo, those three things that you said were really good things. Right. Last week, we had a teacher on like we had two weeks, an actual two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? No, it was last week. Last week, we had uh, Connor. Oh, two weeks ago. My fault. I, I, the, the, the weeks just bumble up in me now. I'm sorry. So two weeks ago, bro. two weeks ago, we had a teacher that that teaches at the school we went to. You know, he graduated with us and now he's teaching at the school that we went to. Right. And I straight up asked him, I was like, bro, like and and, and do you think you get paid? Like, like the did pay ever become an, uh, something that affected your decision to want to be a teacher? You know, obviously. You know, we come from a you know our neighborhood's not the richest in the in the world. So he was like, honestly, yo, I'm getting paid pretty good compared to how my parents get paid. So you know, that's that was humbling to me because I was like, all right, I'm I you know I'm trying to do something big in my life. So it was like whatever. But um, so what I was saying to him, like we were just talking, and now and it was crazy because we started talking about uh, one of our teachers from from high school who was a chemistry teacher. It was like her first year and all like that, and and we oh. like she was just treated like crap by all of her students, like all of her students like crap every single day like we, they would literally make fun of her for everything and i'm not gonna lie hey, i was a little day, kid bro. i was i was young <laughs> and a little kid i was there oh, too man. making I, I was just you know it, it, you know going with the flow of what students are doing anyway, yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah. 
man. Yo, chill, 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 chill. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So that's what I was saying. I was like, bro, could you imagine not only having to have to take care of these kids, making sure they're all safe, you know? Not only do you have to teach them stuff and make sure that they're learning these things, you're getting made fun of on a daily basis for doing what they what you're trying to do. Like, bro, who wants to have that job? And I think it's got to be more attractive for, for people to want to go and, and do that thing. To the standardized test, I think it's funny that we have standardized tests, but we don't have standardized education in every in, in every community, bro. Like, it, like how are we going to have the, sa the same test, but we don't have the same learning, like, you know, structure for, for what we're doing in class? Like, it this doesn't man's make, been bro. thinking, bro. Yo, it doesn't this equal, man's like, been thinking, It bro. doesn't equal. Bro. Bad shit. Roast the system. Go ahead. Keep going. It, it, but like, like, like straight up, right? Uh, we he the, the the actual teacher we had on. He taught at a, a richer neighborhood in Massachusetts, and now he's teaching back where we grew up in Chelsea. And he was like, "Bro, it's crazy that all these little kids are like little kids." He was like teaching elementary school. They have all laptops, bro. They're like little kids, and they have laptops. And we're in Chelsea High, where it's a high school. And we don't have we, enough, you know. I, I think we had two laptop carts for the whole school. For the whole school. Like, imagine that. We have to, like, like share so many resources to do this. And, and then they wonder why we're not competent on a computer or stuff like that, you know? It's like, oh, you expect us to do perform just as well as you when you have all these resources. I grew up, I, I went to school, and, and I, you know, when I started meeting actual white people, they were talking about having iPads. That everybody had an iPad, you know? This th There was a kid that was in college with an iPad. He was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's a cool iPad. He was like, yeah, bro, I got it from my school. They gave it to me for free. Like, they gave him an iPad in high school. He got to keep it for the rest of his life, bro. Like, come on. Like, where's the equality in this? And I'm telling you, they expect us to all take the same test and still get the same grades. And then they wonder why at the end they see, like, I, I actually did a paper on this for, for one of my classes because obviously I was, like, really interested in it. It was a, soci a sociology class, and I was learning about, you know, everything that holds us back in our communities. I was like, yo, I was realizing, like, they're, the all, obviously in urban communities, like inner city, you know, they're, they're, like, the grades for standardized tests are way lower. And you see that it's because, one, I, I think it's bigger than just, obviously, education, because it, it'll be like, you know, some kids have to work, you know, for their family when they're, like, 14, just so that way they can make rent. Like, that's a whole, that's a whole different situation that, that people have to deal with, one. And then, two, imagine not having the right books, not, not having the right uh equipment that you need like they're, they're like having like like if you want to do a, a science experiment you need all this equipment for it if you don't have the equipment you can't learn the scientific properties you're trying to learn from that so like you know we're already getting held back so i don't know like this is a conversation that me and vic have all the time like our the education system is just i feel like it's not equal for every, like and not equal is the opportunity for if you're if growing up where we grew up or growing up in like you know a, a suburban white area you're more likely gonna have a better education system and if you have a better education system you know those kids go to college and they go to college and you know they do well in college they get to graduate they can come back and then be good teachers at those schools now if you have mm -hmm. bad teachers at your at these schools at our schools and we grow up and we learn from them we go to, and you know, one out of six of us only graduate college. That one person may not want to be a teacher. We don't get those good students that could be role models in our in our classrooms to come back and be teachers there. So it's a whole big, big issue. I don't know. It, it just Damn. gets me so frustrated. 
this but, man was yeah. thinking. How long you been storing that up in the chamber? <laughs> storing up. <laughs> what the? I, bro, I, I talk to you every day, bro. I know. Yo, <laughs> I, I, I saved that, bro. It's because I didn't, I didn't like, no one ever said standardized test, like, you know, as an issue for me. So then when I started thinking, I was like, yo, I like put it together. I was already thinking there's uh, there's inequities <laughs> in education. And then I realized, I, like when she said standardized tests, I was like, yo, how do we have standardized tests, but we're not learning the same stuff in class, bro. So then I was like, yo, yo we have standardized you're yeah. gonna be my VP like this. Hey. <laughs> 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 uh, back to Mendez for tickets. Yeah, I bought it for you guys. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> we about to roast everybody. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's not like I want to roast people. I just want to open people's eyes. Nah, more what I'm trying to do. That's all facts, bro. Yeah, it's not even. It, it's not like because it's not like it, like you. Fi- it feels like a roast, but it's only the roast because the it's the truth, bro. You know what it, it hurts, hurts, bro. It, it hurts. hurts, bro. The it truth hurts. hurts. Yes, exactly. The truth hurts, and when nobody wants to hear the truth. And it's like when you when you have somebody that gets to see you know the opposite side of the coin and has to live through that and i and now i'm in a position where i'm like i i got i feel like you know i've learned a lot of stuff and i have you know a better chance for my free for my own free thinking is where i'm just like yo yo you know you're holding me back bro and i didn't notice you were doing it before but i don't like that brother we got to change that you know we got to change that so i i definitely think that you know somebody like you know that comes from places like us where we understand there's the, the inequities that there is in the communities like you know we'll, we'll be able to come in and you know rip up the whole system like i still think it's crazy how we like there's the the education system in the 1950s is basically exactly what we're doing right now and it's like 50 years later but in those 50 years now we all have computers we all have phones in our pockets and all this but we're not like you know taking advantage of those technologies to help us learn. Cause I feel like we can, like, I didn't even like, I feel like there should be a class on Googling how to Google stuff so you can learn and teach yourself how to do stuff. Cause there's, there's so much like information out there. Sometimes it's hard to like sift, sift, sift through all that stuff and find what you really want to find, you know? And then there's also false education, miseducation, like, you know, teaching you the wrong stuff, focusing on stuff that doesn't like, especially in this atmosphere right now with that, with the, with, um, the election going on like i realized i was just like like yesterday i was having a conversation with my friends and everybody was getting upset about about you know some like political stuff and it was and the one thing i was realizing i was like bro i'm realizing that everybody is like ignorant not just on like one side as a republican but like on the democratic side too like there's like ignorance on every side and i'm like and this is something i also talked about before i'm just like why is it that we're not we're like we're part of the American political system because we get to vote, but we're not taught how the American political system works. So it's like, yo, what is going on here? Like, are they, they want us to make the wrong decisions, like because they're not teaching us it or like what's going on, you know? So but that's, you know, there's a whole big conversation you can have about that. This is just, you know, Jason in his head being a conspiracy theorist. I guess it's not a conspiracy. It's the truth. But no, that's don't no, that's like critical that's critical thinking skills. Like you're not that's not a conspiracy. You're really thinking critically about what's happening and it's it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that definitely some changes need to be made. Um and I you know all right, I don't know where to go next with this because I got I got a little, you know, I got <laughs> I, I, when I get I, I'm like sweating because of how hard I'm thinking right now. I I don't know where I want to go next with this. All right, um 
not right. sweating. <laughs> she, I, I guess we can move. We can move on. You know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of edu- like stuff in education. And I love. So now you are being a science educator. So what what does that mean for you? Like, what is what do you what is it that you want to do to teach people about science and everything that you're trying to do? So I. I'm learning more and more, especially this year, about what that means for me, because I'm realizing that if I try to model myself at, you know, in terms of my my presence as a science communicator, if I try to model that after what I've seen, it doesn't really fit, you know, like I, I definitely don't want to be that person who's just spitting facts on the internet to you about like, you know, random topics and that's just how I do it. Like I refuse to be that. I'm more of a community oriented scientist and educator, meaning that like, I like to have conversations with people around me. And, you know, I like to learn about people. I'm very people oriented. Um, And I like to make connections with people. And then I like to talk about science. So like, if you follow me on social media, um, I, I do talk about science, but even more than that, I am a relationship builder in the science community. And, um, and I do that with genuine intentions. Like I genuinely do want to know how everybody's doing today. And like, I genuinely do want to talk about if air is a salad or not. You yeah, know? yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> like, I've seen that. Yeah. I want to, that's what I want to talk about. And like, but also in having those conversations, like we can turn it into something scientific. Like, mm-hmm. um, if I want to show off my clothes that, that I just bought, you know, on, that was that that was fire. I love that. Right. Bro. I, I gave a fashion show and I was like, well, shoot, you know, I actually got to do this, this one, this outfit next. Um, but I, I made a fashion show and I was like, hey, for every outfit, let's talk about a scientific element that looks like my outfit. And mm-hmm. people learned a lot that day. I learned a lot because I invited other people to join the conversation and, and tell me something that I didn't know or like share a fact that they knew that they thought was interesting. And some people are really passionate about like <laughs> these really like obscure things, but but, and they've been probably waiting to talk about these things, but have never really had those opportunities. So, um, and I think in the research that I've done, like as a doctoral student, I've understood the importance of community mm-hmm. and specifically like the importance of a sense of belonging. Um, and forming a community is a way to, to implement a sense of belonging. Um, and the, a sense of belonging can keep people interested in what's going on and keep people like in a certain place if they feel like they belong there and I want people to feel like they belong in science whether they grew up that way or not um so that's for me that's what it that's what it means to be an educator right now and um you know I not only teach science to people but I also teach people how to talk about science and I mean we can even tie that into how me and MC Hammer got connected um I mean I know you mentioned it earlier. I don't want to get too off track, but like I will say no for now, one of the oh, it's like <laughs> um, a messy room. Reasons... <laughs> ah, right? Okay, cool, cool. Um, but MC Hammer and I got connected because um, he posted something online. Are you guys aware of the drama that happened with MC Hammer? No, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. No. 
Oh, okay. So this is new to y'all. So um, science Twitter can be dramatic sometimes, right? Okay. Yeah. And so um, okay. often it's dramatic because people have clashes of opinions and yeah. people's egos get in the way and nobody wants to back down and it becomes, you know, a public issue. So here's what happened. MC Hammer put up a, it's like a GIF, right? Of an eyeball, but it wasn't a real eyeball. It was a computer generated like image of an eye and a close up of it. It wasn't real, but it was like a close up of like fibers in the eye moving around and it, it looked really mystical and magical and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't real. Um, and MC Hammer knew that, that he knew it wasn't real. Um, his from his perspective, he's he's been extremely success, successful. Obviously, you know he's got multiple hits, timeless hits that we still use today. It's been like you know thirty years yeah. since he's dropped these hits, and we still have them in commercials. So he's really like a legend, um, and he's earned so much money. A lot of people don't understand that he's been using his money very wisely and investing in different places. He's like a tech um a technology kind of like i wouldn't say a mogul but like he's very knowledgeable about science and technology he's been investing in really um yeah he's been investing in these um in this space for a while and he's very knowledgeable so when he posted that image of the eye he in his mindset he was thinking of like computer computers right because that's that's what he's thinking about he thinks about tech and and science a lot um and so he posted the image like, oh, wow, like this is a cool computer design, right? Like, look how much it looks like an eyeball. It's really smart, smart designer or whatever. What he wrote said, wow, um, definitely, so and this is not verbatim, but like he said, wow, this is definitely like a case for intelligent design. Mm-hmm. And intelligent design means something completely different than okay. what he was in what he was trying to say, because intelligent oh. design for science is a movement. Um, it's it's an anti-science movement that you know what I should I should Google this real quick. I don't want to say this the wrong way. Hold on, intelligent because I know I've heard this too, but I can't remember what it is either. Intelligent um, design. So intelligent design is a pseudoscientific argument for the existence of God presented by its proponents as an evidence-based scientific theory about life's origins. Um, but so there's an intelligent design movement though. And that was, that was the key issue was that there's a movement within intelligent design of people who like deny like traditional science i guess and like try Mm -hmm. to discredit science or scientists um and i'm not really knowledgeable about it but what i do know is that it was not mc hammer's uh intention to associate with that movement so when he put it online him having been in like if you notice, he's been retweeting a whole lot of science stuff. I don't know if you guys follow yeah, him. I, I know. I, I saw he tweeted about Marie Curie the other day, and I was like, oh, damn, bro. Yeah. This, this dude knows, bro. What the hell? No, he goes hard. He goes hard for science. Like, he he posts about science, like, just about every day, like, multiple posts. Um, He'd be linking, like, scientific journals and stuff. Like, he's heavy in, in it. Wow. And um, so him having 
this public interest in science, he's attracted a lot of people in the science community. And so a lot of people in the science community are following him on Twitter and they saw that post and they were like, oh, you know, so you basically they roasted him. They tore him apart um, thinking that he was identifying with this movement that, you know, he was basically just trying to talk about computer design mm. and people oh, took it the wrong okay. way. So, um, but he didn't, he didn't tell people that because as soon as he put it up, it was a whole bunch of scientists going in the comments, like, you're stupid, take this down. Mm. Um, this doesn't make sense. You know, like God isn't real. Like he was getting attacked. He was getting attacked for like, and he is a spiritual person though. That's the thing. So it's like, Mm. he's getting attacked for something he didn't really say. But at the same time, they're attacking things that he does believe in, though. Like, he, oh. he does believe in his spiritual. So he's like, I didn't, I was not, like, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know why y'all are over here attacking me, you know, for my spirituality, like, you know, whatever. But this has nothing to do with that. He didn't tell people it had nothing to do with that. He was just like, okay, so y'all want to fight? Like, <laughs> okay, like, let's fight. He was going back and forth with these scientists. And, like, I was reading these comments and it was so upsetting to me that so many members of our science community were so like gung-ho and ready to take authority over a grown a grown ass man okay that they don't know um (laughs) and try to tell him right from wrong without even taking the time to get to know his perspective first of all Right, his perspective. What the fuck do you even mean? Like nobody, yeah. nobody had that question, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was just ready to attack, and they did. And so, Jason and Victor, would you believe that out of the hundreds of responses to this man's tweet, I was like the only one <laughs> to say, "Hey, I don't understand this." <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I would love to learn more. Like, do you mind sharing more about? your religion and how you know it it intersects with your science beliefs like mm-hmm. i would love to learn more and he was like yeah here's my number i was like that's it wow that's it that's it all because like i didn't i i mean i don't know why he gave me his number to be honest but like i do know i was the only if not you know one of very few people who recognized the person behind the screen and remembered that this is an actual person that y'all are trying to cuss out. Yeah. <laughs> um, why don't we ask him about his opinions? Like, instead of attacking him without asking any questions. And so he and I got on the phone. We talked that night for an hour and a half, like an hour and a half. And we would just talk, 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 talk. We talked about um, pretty much everything. And like, he's a really down to earth dude. And like, people, I, people totally like wrote him off after that tweet. To this day, like if you mention MC Hammer, some people still roll their eyes and they're like, oh, you know, he doesn't like, he's like, you know, anti-science and he, uses science to promote his religious agenda. I'm like, but you didn't ask him, like you didn't ask him what he meant, you know? Um, And so like, and he didn't, I didn't acknowledge this uh, publicly 
um, I'm doing it on this podcast, but like I didn't write anything on Twitter because like defending him because basically he's he's a savage. Like he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, okay, you know, yeah. if, if anybody Buddy. wants to keep fighting me, like fuck it, you know? Yeah. I'm the hammer, I'm gonna bring the hammer, like what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Hey. Like, okay, I'm like, I asked him, I was like, is there anything I can do for you? Like, do you want me to clear this up and tell people that you didn't really mean what you said? He was like, no, no. Nah, let him be. These people. I got this. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, he's he's a really cool dude and um, he's been super supportive of me and like retweeting my, my events and mm-hmm. like when I get awards, he's kind of like an internet dad, I feel like, <laughs> or internet uncle. <laughs> um, he, he's real cool. And so that's, um, that was a really long story, but like I told it because it we have such a long way to go um, in science culture, like to promote diversity. And um, a part of that is just how we talk to each other and how we literally communicate with one another and teaching mm-hmm. people to be mindful, especially when you have people who have different mindsets, um, different worldviews, like you have to be really careful how you are trying to express your scientific views to people who are different from you because you could you could ultimately turn people completely off to science because they'll they'll remember that one time they talked to a rude ass scientist and they're mm. like okay well fuck this you know I'm not why should I listen to science why should I be a part of that because they all uppity and uh only want to talk to people <laughs> who know what the fuck is going on you know what I'm saying like yeah so, yeah so that's where I'm at <laughs> yeah. no I think I think that that's really cool because I, I like you you like you said I think there's a lot of ego in science you know it's like it's like I want to be the smartest I want to be you know the person that you know that with all the information and all this so then when somebody says something wrong people are quick to to like correct them but the funny thing is like you probably don't know everything anyway bro so like if you said something wrong it would be the same thing towards you so I feel like it's crazy that you know the science is literally about being curious and finding things out for yourself right but when somebody's finding something out for themselves, sometimes people are like mad rude about it and like, oh, you're dumb because you don't know that. Like Nadia Nasi, you know, with everything in their head, like you don't learn, you're not born with all this information inside of you. So like, why do you, you learn it? Them? You learn it. You learn it. Yeah. And, and like you said, like you were saying too, mm-hmm. about having a community about, you know, about science. Like one, one, you know, I want to comment on that. That's, that's really beautiful because you know, I, I always take it like, you know, science educators, like I know you're you, you know, Hank Green, too. And Hank Green is like, you know, he did the crash course and, you know, crash course literally changed my life because I learned so many things through ca- crash course. I love crash course myself. So it's like Jason, Jason you know, put me on to crash course. And yeah. So like I, I, I expected I expected you for something like that. But I, I think the the you building a community of people like, you know, able to talk about what they want to talk about is way more like effective and more productive to what what it is that we need in this world you know there's a lot of information about science you can read it anywhere but there's not really somewhere you can like actively talk about how you feel about certain things what you think you know so i think that's beautiful because you know like us too like our our messages like a messy room life can be all over the place and no thought is too crazy because we want to build a community where it's not just about science, but, you know, if you feel a certain way about anything, you know, anything, 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 you should be able to talk about it and have somebody hear what your perspective is, because that's the only way we learn, bro. You know, you learn from each other. And if we're if you're able to, you know, feel comfortable enough to tell me everything you're thinking 
and I can you can I can feel comfortable enough to like give you my response, give you my feedback, and know at the end of the conversation we're not gonna hate each other. That's yeah. you know how we make productive conversation, productive learning, and we could all get on the same page. Like uh, again, you know I don't want to keep bringing up the po politics and everything. Like politics is a great example of that. You know, people have a certain view and another certain view, and they can't talk about it like just because we're not in the same page, bro. You're like, picking should... teams, bro. You're picking teams, bro. Yeah, it, it's literally. I, I I hear so much. Oh, politics is that one thing you can't talk about, and I'm like, why not? Politics is literally about you know what's going on around us and us, us as a community. It's, it's literally made to be a commu a communal thing, and it's like something we can't talk about just because of the different views. So you know. It's kind of weird to me that there's like there's no community sense of community in certain things. So I think that's beautiful that you're trying to do that grow a community where everybody can talk about science and everything like that. And on top of that, I just want to make one comment, bro. You like I, I seen when you posted about when NASA uh, like found the water on the moon, like I was. Wait. That that shit one one that's fucking crazy, bro. Like I literally how how long everybody said, yo, there's no water on the moon. All of a sudden they're finding water on the moon. This dude called me just to tell me. Literally <laughs> called me just to tell me that. Yeah. I was like, I was calling people too. I was calling people. They were like, how much water? I was like, molecules, bro. But like yeah. you know, yeah, it's, like, it's like, there. dude, that's crazy, bro. Like the the fact that there is enough to build that water there in the in, on the atmosphere there and there's like the right conditions. That's crazy. You know, they, there could be something more coming from that. You know, but like I love that when you when you talked about it, you first posted it about about it in English, and then you know. Lo dijiste en español también. So para todas las personas que, que también hablan español, tienen interés en la ciencia, pueden, you know, ir a, a donde se puede hablar de la ciencia con alguien que habla español también. So, pues, This para man mí, got a lot in the chamber, bro. So para mí, ¿por qué hiciste la decisión de hablar de la ciencia, no solo en inglés, pero también en español? Uh, you can answer in English or Spanish. It's up to you. I mean, no hay problema, you know. <laughs> sea lo que sea. Okay, let's let's do it. Um, <laughs> español, you know. Yo, yo estoy practicando, pero, you know, estoy tratando de mejorar. Siempre, mejorarlo yeah. poco a poco, you know. Hey, ya te sabes. Hey, <laughs> yo, yo, yo soy, soy hispano. Pero también yo, yo me hago, like, se me hace difícil porque a veces no practico porque todo habla en inglés en mi casa. So... You know, se me va veces. But yeah, uh, go ahead. See, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, gotta go into Spanish mode. Um, <laughs> yo creo que es importante uh, compartir espacio con, um, con, con la gente quien, like, no, like, the people that you don't normally um, interact with, but, like, I, I think that it's, it's not as hard to close the gap as we think. Like, I, I pienso que, you know, hay um, cositas que, que podemos hacer para uh, cerrar uh, mm -hmm. the gap, right? You mm -hmm. know, um, just talking to, to each other, right? And like showing that it's okay to not speak English. Like, yeah. it is okay, it's okay to do both you know and that's normal a lot of us do that i i did that for a good part of my life and once i got to college you know i stopped um but 
you know, I, I'm, and I'm also not afraid to admit like, hey, my Spanish is not perfect. Y'all can roast me, but like, I'm gonna still try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna still try because I also don't want to give the impression that we have to be perfect. And I was really surprised to see um, how many people, you know, um, people who speak Spanish or like Latino people, Hispanic people who are like, yeah, I was kind of ashamed to admit like my Spanish isn't that great. And thank <laughs> you for kind of putting yourself out there and saying, you know, your Spanish is whack. And I'm like, yo, I had no idea that that was a problem in the community. You know, yeah. I, I think I really took for granted that like Latinos just be knowing Spanish, but like some of y'all really don't. No, <laughs> really don't. No. It, it's like we're, I don't want to say we're whitewashed, but like, you know, we're, we're living in this community where everybody speaks English. It kind of just goes away for me. Like, expect, like when I go to, like my family's from Honduras. When I go to Honduras, really? I, yeah, yeah. When I go to Honduras oh, wow. and I go see my family, all my family only speaks Spanish. That's when you'll hear me talking like a pro, because that's when I get my practice. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, damn, this kid is Spanish. But, you know, when I'm here, I haven't been to Honduras in now three years. So basically, I don't I haven't speak spoke Spanish for three years and I could already barely speak English. So imagine now a language <laughs> I barely speak. I'm like, I'm always struggling, though. So it's like. Nah, what gets me is my mom knows English, but she talks to me in Spanish. And so I talk to her in English. You mm-hmm. got me? It's like, it's like, I'll be like, so mom, what you cook? Oh, cocina esto. And it's like, all right, yeah, that's just how it is, bro. So yeah. I understand it. But when it comes out, it's like my words get stuck, bro. It's like, uh, uh, I just don't want to come out. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm definitely the same, the same way. Exactly. And my brother is actually Honduran. We have different fathers, but um, his family is from Honduras. They speak Garifuna language. Oh, okay. So um, he's so he's from the coast then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I've never actually no, I have I have been to Honduras. What am I seeing? Um I've been over there, but I haven't been like in inland to yeah. I've only been on the coast. Yeah, my family's literally from the center, bro, like right in the middle of Honduras. So is that Tegucigalpa? Is that yeah, that's my my brother's from my brother grew up in Tegucigalpa. My dad grew up in Juticalpa. It's like an it's like a different county there. And it's uh, it's like it's kind of like a city. It's like a city. It's crazy because you go over there. It doesn't look like a normal city, but it kind of does look like a normal city. So it's like it's like weird over there. But then and then my 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 grandma my grandma lives in like a in like an aldea. That's like you know that's like country, bro. It's a, in San Luis. It's like it's only like ten people in the whole community. Only like ten houses down one street, ten and people. then it's just a bunch of farmland, bro. Like literally, that's how it is. It's just a bunch of farmland, and my and like it's it's pretty cool, but. Not, but I'm saying like, I thought when I seen like the first time you posted about something in Spanish was I think was like when you had the balls, the, the two balls, the yeah, two yeah. balls. Oh yeah, yeah. And you and you were like, you were like, oh, which one do you think would float and which do you think would 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 uh you know uh, sink, right? And I and you I first seen it in English and then I like you know I was scrolling through Twitter again and I seen you posted in Spanish and I was like. Oh damn, she speaks Spanish. And then I was, and then like when you did this, when you said about NASA and finding out about the about water, and you said it in, in Spanish again, I was like, bro, all right. So like, what is she trying to do with this? And now that you're now, you know, now I'm getting to talk to you, and I hear you want to try. You're just trying to build the community. I'm like, all right. Not only are you trying to build the community for you know people that look, you know, black people that are that don't feel comfortable in the science community, but on top of that, people is like Spanish people that don't feel comfortable in the scientific community that like you we. You know, we all have opinions on what's going on and we all 
learn about this stuff. So like we should all be able to talk about it. And mm -hmm. like you said, I think it's like not that far to close the gap. Like Google Translate, bro. Everything anybody can find something out just easily. Just you know, I say it in English and then put Google Translate and go in Spanish and you're good, bro. Um, yeah. And I told I put up a post a, a while ago and I said, you know, I, I introduced this thing that I, I just want to let people know, hey, I'm about to be posting stuff in Spanish. I don't want to catch people off guard. Like, what the fuck is she doing? Um, <laughs> like, I, I made a post and I was like intentionally letting people know, like, hey, guys, I was actually raised speaking two languages. I'm, you know, I'm not really that good at it anymore. I'm really trying to get it back. You know, some of my posts are going to be in two languages. And um, I invited people. I was like, please, if you speak Spanish, I wrote this all in Spanish. So I was like, if you speak Spanish, please only write in Spanish on my post. Like, I'm really trying. And um, people have been doing that. And I love seeing, like, people who, it's kind of annoying sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But, like, people who don't know Spanish really trying to speak Spanish, like, to the Spanish speakers mm -hmm. in uh. my post. Because they saw me post that, uh, that first post where I was like, hey, if you can speak Spanish, like, please speak it to me. And, like, I can see these these bridges forming of like people recognizing Spanish is like accepted in science and like mm -hmm. let's let's bring more Spanish language in the science community. I learned that a lot of Spanish scientists, Spanish speaking scientists rather, don't know a lot of scientific words in Spanish. Really? And yeah, I learned that. And um some people that I was talking to online were saying that they came they come like from different countries and um spanish-speaking countries and had to learn english exclusively to become a scientist in america and like not just because american like not just because we speak science in america but because science is taught in english like you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. all of our scientific journals are predominantly in english, english right yeah. so it's going to really be a heavy hitter and have a really good science education at that at that higher level you have to learn english and that's a barrier so yeah. i'm like well damn why don't we learn spanish shit like you yeah. know let, let's start normalizing spanish and I, I you know i'm very careful about the way i do this because i'm not latina but like you know i was raised in a in a um, spanish immersion school for a good chunk of my life and um my brother is latino and his family is and like i feel very you know, a part of that culture is not mm -hmm. necessarily a part of my identity, but like I do identify with the culture and I do identify that like the culture is important and like it's it's a great thing. It's a beautiful culture. It's so diverse too. Um, and the language is beautiful. And like, why aren't we, <laughs> I think Latinos are the, the, the most abundant minority at this point in the US. Yeah. I think it's like 18% and then like black people are 13%. Yeah, so like, what are we doing? Like, why yeah. are we not? why are we not doing more Spanish? This is just, it's embarrassing yeah. at this point. It's really embarrassing. So I'm, you know, I, I'm also like, I want to shine a light on more Spanish speaking science communicators. Like I recognize it's not my job to be doing this, but I want to help. But at the same time, as I'm helping, I want to like highlight lot people from the Latin community. Um, hey, these are some like, Latino, Latina scientists that you can look at, you know, so you don't have to listen to me talking like the worst Spanish. <laughs> but I can't. Like, there's other people out here who are who are from your communities doing this work. Like let's let's also uplift them so that you can have role models um, in them as well. So it's um it's been really interesting. Like 
it's something new to me and I'm I'm glad it's being received well. Yeah. No, I, I'm telling you, I, I when I first seen it, I was hyped, bro. I was like, yo, this is what we need, bro. I got an, so, I got another phone call. Did yeah. you see that post? She speaks Spanish, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I've been I'm telling you, I've been talking about you for for like months because it's it, it's like you know. The, the scientific community, I like, again, there's a lot of ego, you know, and it feels like people don't fit in. It's just like, it's like, it's like a beautiful thing. It's supposed to be beautiful. Like the idea of science and like performance science and not, not just in like, you know, the hard sciences, like chemistry, physics and all this stuff, but like the social sciences, like, you know, psychology, sociology and all this, uh, and like, you know, all that other stuff, like it, it's like supposed to be a beautiful thing about you know questioning stuff trying to break things down into little things and like you know scientists are always asking the same question over and over and over again maybe just with a little a little thing like the idea of the scientific community is supposed to be beautiful and it should be bringing people together and it just doesn't you know it's just like the way it's being being portrayed right now it just doesn't feel mad like welcoming at all so like having a face you know of you you know, somebody that I, I like, I felt, I feel more comfortable. And like, obviously I've never not felt comfortable talking about science. I literally like the joke, the joke in from, from senior year, bro. I like said something. I was like, Oh, yo, I was like learning about friction. And like, I, I li like, yo, chill, bro. <laughs> I li literally, I, I, it was like, oh, we, we were learning about friction and that we were went to a basketball game and I was like, yo, isn't it crazy? Like the way they make shoes, they like try and look for a higher coefficient <laughs> of friction so that they can make the cuts and turns really quick, bro. And then like now every joke, bro, yo, shut your friction ass up, bro. When I'm talking about science. Like, like, dude, like, so I'm not, and I don't care. Like, I'm like, all right, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to like, and they even, they, they even, the, the other joke is explicamelo. Cause like whenever, whenever something like happens, I try to explain oh. why that happened. So it's now they're like, yo, just explain it to me, explain it to me. And I'm, like, it's just, you know, I, I personally, I'm trying to spread the love for like learning, you know, it's not just about science, but a love for learning out to the community, you know? So, you know, people like you, yeah. I, you know, I'm trying, I like, I'm telling you, you're a role model to me. Cause I want to be like you, you know, to, to like uplift science in the community, make people more interested in science, you know? So like, you're, like you're a role model to me and having somebody like you, I feel more comfortable doing what I'm doing. So I'm happy that you're doing what you're doing. Cause it, it, it feels great. Uh, Jason, I'm so I'm sorry for the jokes, bro. There's <laughs> no apology. I told you, I don't I don't catch feelings, bro. I'm not. I'm always I'm always pretty secure. Uh, I'm pretty secure about who I am, bro. You're gonna make fun of me, I, bro. I'm just trying to open your eyes as to what the hell's going on around you. Like literally, bro. The way they make shoes is science, bro. Literally, the way they make oh, shoes funny, is, is down to uh, science, bro. So like, I'm trying to show you guys so you can. You know, I feel like if you're ignorant to it, you know, you just, you know, you're just living life, bro. And you can find some stuff out that will help you live your life better. I don't know. That's just how I look at it, bro. Nah, you're awesome. You're awesome. Bro. Shut your freaking ass up, that. I That's haven't dope. said that. I haven't said that in a while. That shit was like, What do you mean? You probably said that shit like last week, bro. No, I didn't, bro. <laughs> Maybe like, give me like a month, bro. A month, bro. <laughs> That's funny, bro. All right. Oh, All right. So, you know, moving on. <laughs> so I know you I know I seen that you've been you know you've been in, in in coats with with my man Hank Green bro you know the the one that's been you know that that man changed my life because for me when I started first started learning about philosophy is when I took my love for science I have, I have a question real quick is philosophy oh. a science 
philosophy is not technically a science, but I kind of take it as a science. But, you know, I take everything as science. Cause what like, do you think, Raven? It's kind of different, right? Uh, I I don't know. I can't. Uh, uh, this is this this argument is the social sciences versus hard sciences or natural or whatever. Like it, I I can't get into it because it's too deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, for me personally, I think that science is more than just, you know, like, you know, how chemistry works, you know, like, you know, chemistry, physics and all that. I think science is more like uh, the, a way you think, you know, it's like just breaking things down into little arguments and trying to build it back up from those little things. Like, that's how I take science and just asking questions a lot. But, you know. I'm, again, so Hank Green was the one that opened my eyes to philosophy and I moved away and I took that's when I started applying my my science, like my how I think about science away from just about um, like actual science, like, you know, chemistry and all that to like, you know, more stuff like I even apply it to like business, bro. I apply it to how literally I say my biggest project is myself. I'm trying to engineer myself. I, I like I, I literally I've been trying to take data of myself, like when I find the most productive hours. You know, because I'm an engineer, I'm trying to engineer myself, but whatever. Anyway, so you've been talking with Hank Green and I know you are trying to make a show called Nerdy Jobs. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm so excited and I can't, uh, it's coming out very soon. It's sooner than you would expect. Um, and I'll be able to share more later, but Nerdy Jobs is a show, it's my, it's my show, my creation. I'm um, hosting the show, I'm writing the show and I'm also, you know, producing the show, executive producing it. And um, it is going to be on a major platform. Um, and the premise of the show is me being, you know, myself, me, Raven, um, going around and working with other STEM professionals and learning about what their jobs are. And I'm doing that while having fun and answering questions about things that I'm curious about in the world. And I'm shadowing them. And, you know, sometimes the jobs are gross. Sometimes the jobs are like, you know, just all, they're all over the place, but the, but I'm going to be laughing, learning, crying, and like, just trying mm. everything. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I can't cannot even express how excited I am about the show. Um, and I just wish I could share more. At this point, that's I guess that's all I can say. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> nah, I, I, I mean, I, I think. Hank is, um, I talked to Hank too. Me, me and Hank had like a, you know, a similarly long conversation, like as me and MC Hammer. Those, both, both of those conversations were interesting, but like, um, Hank and I talked for a while and he actually fund funded the pilot for my show. Like wow. he gave me enough money so I could film the first episode um, of the show. And um, I'm really grateful for that. Like, you know, he didn't have to do that. And like, he kind of just came out of nowhere and was like, you know what, you have a great idea. All of this started from Twitter, by the way. I just put out a tweet in June on my birthday, I think. Mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. I, was, I was like, oh, you know, let me try to get this TV show. And like, I just tweeted something. It's like, this would be a good birthday gift. I told everybody, I said, you know, I have this idea for a show. I said what the show was. And I was like, I promise, like, I'm not going to let you down. It's going to be really entertaining. And um, it like went super viral. Everybody 
totally believed in me and, and thought that this would be a really entertaining show. And Hank caught wind of it and, and um, some other like heavy hitters in the port and like just connections and trying to get me to a place where this could be a reality. And so Hank, you know, put his money where his mouth was and he was like, here you go, you know, I don't care what you do with this money, but you better make something good. And I was like, okay. Oh, damn, bro. <laughs> and that was before I even had, you know, my my um, show deal isn't through Hank. Like Hank actually doesn't have anything to do with the show, which is- Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He just uh, he just gave you it just to give it? That's awesome. Just gave me the money. He was like, here, huh? And I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it, that was super dope. Like I, that was, I hope to be that person one day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like to bless somebody like that, that was great. Like I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what? On the phone, like, nah, nah, you gotta be kidding me. Um, but yeah, he, he uh, gave me some tips on how to kind of get my feet on the ground and get a good start in the industry and, um, yeah, like I'll never forget it. It's a super impactful moment. He's he's actually coming on my um, talk show in what's today? Three weeks, I think. On the on the Stembassy? twenty, Stembassy, yes, yeah. coming on Stembassy on the twenty second. So look out for that. He'll hey, be okay. On look out for that. Yeah. I mean, all right. Now I guess we could transition into Stembassy now too, since we already started oh. talking about it. Yo, I'm telling you, yo, one thing you do a lot. <laughs> You do I know. a lot. A, a, a question I have is with the PhD and the Stembassy and the and the, the you know the the show. Like, what does your day look like on a on a daily basis? Like, <laughs> like my days are busy. They're really busy. I do I do a lot, but I also quit my job um, earlier this year. So uh, like a, a couple months ago, I actually was able to quit my job and I, that was kind of on a leap of faith. I didn't really have much of a plan other than like, you know, I, I feel the energy and where things are going for me. And I know I need to dedicate this time and this energy into my craft and what I do and like what I'm passionate about. And I really didn't know like, where's this money gonna come from? Like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna live, right? Yeah, Luckily, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm married, like, I got a whole dude, like, you know, <laughs> very support. I would, I would not be able to do this without him, you know, I, shout out to all the partners in the world holding it down. Shout um, out to all the partners in the world. <laughs> shout out to the partners, bro, like, they really do hold it down. He's awesome. Um, love you, Taylor. Um, <laughs> but, I, so I, I quit my job and, like, you know, he was like, I'm gonna hold it down for you, you know, figure it out. And he's like, I got faith in you. Um, so that's all I, you need, luckily, bro. that's all you need is crazy. Um, but luckily, like, since I did that, and since I had time to, you know, full time, like I'm a full, I'm actually a full time PhD student, but I'm at, I'm at the dissertation stage right now. I'm finished my classwork. Mm-hmm. And so my day to day, you know, I, I try to budget my time so that I'm hitting milestones with my research, you know, um, I kind of treat that as a paycheck. Like, even though it, I'm not getting paid, um, I treat it as a job. Like, you know, if I don't meet these deadlines, I'm gonna get fired, you know? Mm. Um, and that's important to me to just put that pressure on myself because, you know, everybody says this and I was told this, 
before I started my PhD and I was just like, oh, y'all are tripping. But like once you get to the dissertation stage, it's really all on you. Like it's all on you. Nobody's nobody's screaming down your back like, oh, you know, you got to get this work done. Like it's really on you to set aside the time to write that thing and do the research because your your advisor might not even care. Like, you know, um, you're really on your own. So I put that pressure on myself to get that done. Um, and then the rest of my day, like I'm, uh, my number one priority is like staying in a positive mindset, especially this year, you know, yeah. I really yeah. do my best to stay positive and like building communities online and like listening to what people need in the community and how can I use my skills and talents to address some of these needs and, um, like being really understanding of what my mission is in bridging the gap in science um, and making bridges between communities in science, you know, and how can I do this in different ways? And Stembacy is one of them. Um, and I know it seems like a lot, but when you are really like operating in your passion, it kind of is just like, you know, walking on water. Like you, it's just, you're you just know, flowing. That's, yeah, no, not walking on water because that sounds like I'm trying to be Jesus, which I'm not. <laughs> but like flowing, you know, it's like it's it's so easy when you really are doing what you feel like you're meant to do. It don't feel like a job. It doesn't feel stressful. And even if you're working into midnight, you know, up all day, up all night, you feel like fulfilled and like it's rewarding because you don't feel like you're wasting away like at your desk or, you know, working a nine to five which I totally respect. I definitely did that, uh, my share of that. Um, but I really feel better giving back to the community and like working hard to do that, even if I'm not sure of if I'm gonna get paid or not. Like I would rather just live my life doing that instead. Mm. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. That Me, is... us, us here in the mess room, we, we think very similar. We wanna, we wanna chase our dreams. We're always telling people chase your dreams. like. When, when, when I, whenever, whenever I hop on the mic, it's like, uh, like I get like this, like, I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? I get hyped. And it's like, um, since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to do this. And, and it's like a thing where like, I, this is what I want to do. I want to learn and talk to people and just get to know things and learn for myself to tell other people, you know what I mean? Just, just to have conversation. I, I always say have conversations that will change the world that, and I, um, I, I don't know. I think me and Jason do pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. I'm at the stage we're at now. It's awesome. And I, I completely agree. When you're doing something you love, it's it's easy breezy. That's facts, bro. For me, I mean, this definitely is, is something I have fun with because like I got I, like, for example, this is the perfect example of one one of the episodes that I've been like thinking about for a long time and I finally got to where it is and it's like going exactly how I wanted it to go. I'm not gonna lie, this is like perfect, bro. Like I'm just having fun, obviously, talking, you know, about important things. One, about science, something that I love, that I've loved my whole life. And now I'm at, you know, now we're at a place where we could just, you know, teach people, you know? Like some some people might not have the perspective that you, that Raven has. So being able to hear from her might open their eyes to something crazy. So that, that's like kind of like what, what the podcast has become for me. It's not just about, you know, trying to grow, you know, be the biggest, whatever, but it's really, it's really more about, you know, 
like for you know you're bridging gaps to communities for people in science i'm trying to bridge gaps for people that you know if you're if you're ignorant to something stop being they, ignorant they don't to know it. right yeah, yeah like bro. like there's so yeah. many so many things in this world that are like you know they're like getting you from behind without you knowing it because you are just so you're ignorant to it so when i find something out the first thing i try to do is come here be like yo i just thought about this bro like yo you guys think what do you guys think about this and you know like especially conversation just helps ignorance go away like crazy i I mean especially not always because there is definitely like counterproductive conversation if people are just arguing to argue that's kind of productive but i think what we do here is just like try to you know be open-minded think freely be yourself and you know that's when you get you know a productive you know conversation that actually gets to where you want it to get yeah. yeah, it's it's also a thing where like we don't even have to agree. Like I, I like there's times when me and you don't agree, Jay. But there's times mm-hmm. I, we don't agree with the guests. But it's still like a thing where it's not like I'm like get off my show. Yeah, you're not. You know what I mean? It's like a thing like like all right. Well, what do you mean by that? And we dive into it, and then at the end we're like, oh, that shit was fucking awesome. That shit was great. <laughs> no, it's yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I so. I, I definitely agree. Doing something that you love is, is not working a day in your life for sure. Like the, the, the quote is true. The quote is true. So now, all right. So now we can get into what, what you're doing with STEM because that's another beautiful thing. You have a whole panel of people that you do the show with. Like it's five people, right? And you yeah. got and, and you guys bring a guest on from the scientific community and just talk science. And I love, I, I remember which episode, which was the one I was watching. And you were, you said, oh, uh, I, I, by the end of this, you'll probably be thinking about something crazy and, and you'll learn something from this. And I was like, bro, that's what I try to do with this, with our show too. So, you know, there's like a little parallel right there, but, you know, talk a little bit about what Stembassy is and what it means to you. Yeah. Like, you know, with the Stembassy was started this year in February and I, I started it on my own, um, originally and I did it because you know I saw the pandemic coming and um it was before we had been put on lockdown in New York you know which was the one of the first places and um I just knew that this was gonna be bad like <laughs> nobody was yeah. saying it was gonna be bad but as a scientist you know I I understand microbiology I understand how viruses work and like you know I knew I knew exactly what was going to happen this year which is probably why I'm (laughs) not so sad um (laughs) but but like I also felt a strong duty to make myself publicly available because I knew what was happening and I wanted to and I recognized like you know right off the bat you know, I could see what was going on with climate change and how scientists have been screaming from the rooftop, you know, we got to do X, Y, and Z, you know, let's get on board. Come on, corporations, like, let's go. Come on. We don't got that much time. Like, we've been hyping this up for a year, like decades at this point, yeah. literally decades. It's quiet. Like we, you know, we got movements going on that, that are very meaningful and action, action is happening and we have seen some changes, but is people are still denying it, you know, denying science. And um, so I knew that in the case of a pandemic, it was not going to be anything different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the public attitude towards science is is very, it's it like, could be better. You know? yeah. it could I think be better. it's crazy. I think it's crazy because it's kind of like, 
you know, science, science, literally the idea of science is everything's based off of facts, but it's like people think that science is like opinion or something like that. Like if, like, if like, like, you know, global warming is, is, oh, global warming is the thing. Nah. It's like a choice. It's like a nah. choice you could have. Like, no, that's not true. Like, what do you mean it's not true? It's like literally based off of facts, bro. Literally yeah. observations of what's going on in the world and, and like putting everything together to understand like what is happening right now. And somehow it's still like, nah. <laughs> like, what? What are you trying to say? That's what I'm saying. Um, so... Yeah, like I started STEMACY because I realized it was going to be really important in the weeks and the months, you know, moving forward from February that, that there is a publicly available, you know, scientist, especially scientists of color, um, to break these barriers between like science and the community. And like, I was just like, you know, shoot, let me just hop on, <laughs> let me just hop on live and start talking to people. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, me being who I am, I didn't want it to just be me. I wanted to bring other people into the conversation and like, let's have an open dialogue and invite a live audience to join in and to ask questions in real time and to speak about things that they're passionate about. Cause you know, we can get a whole bunch of scientists in the room and we talk about our own things and it could be completely different from what the, you know, the general community wants to hear about. So I definitely wanted to add them in the conversation as well. And it just so turns out that like, the people that I was inviting on my show were super passionate about it. And like the people who are permanent hosts on Stembassy now are also past guests of Stembassy. Like it, it's kind of a miracle how that worked out because it was the, these are people from the first two shows I had became permanent guests on the show. And they've literally been working tirelessly like to make sure the show was successful. I'm talking about like writing scripts, coming up with, you know, questions, ideas. Mm. Um, we got a graphic designer now who volunteers for our our show. We have like a science writer who's getting ready to like do her thing on the show. In addition to the five hosts that we have um, as recurring and permanent hosts. Um, and like, we've been able to bring in heavy hitters in, in the, uh, in the, public science industry, I guess, I guess say like science communicators and STEM people who are ambassadors to STEM. Um, and we really do focus on bringing on people who are, who also have social initiatives. So like, for example, we're not just going to bring on an engineer. We want to bring on an engineer who, you know, it believes in a cause and is actively fighting for a cause. Um, you know, whether it be STEM related or not, we want, we want to normalize like people in science being connected with their communities and, and being leaders in their communities. Um, and we worked really hard last season. We had our season one, it went from like February to June and um, we grinded and like our, our motivation was like, okay, season two, we want to bring on some like even more heavy hitters. We want to have a celebrity lineup, like, come mm. on, let's go. And so um, we do have a celebrity lineup. Like we started off the season with Emily Calandrelli, who is, the space gal on um, it online, but she has a Netflix show called Emily's Wonder Lab and it's very popular with the kids, is doing very well. And, you know, she was already successful. She She's an author of like a book series called um, Ada Lace Goes to Space or something, mm. or like Ada Lace series. It's a series of books about a girl named Ada Lace and she does like science things. And 
Um, so she was already successful. Now she has a set, this uh, Netflix show and hoping to get a second season from that. And, you know, she was our first guest and uh, we kicked it off with her. And I feel like every week, like, you know, we just level up and, you know, we're, we're ending with Hank Green, who's just like the pinnacle of, <laughs> the pinnacle of, of what we are trying to do here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the, this coming Sunday, we have Darian Wen. He is lab shenanigans. I, you've probably seen his videos. Like, um, he he's he does like really funny uh, TikTok videos about science. Mm. Um, but if you if you don't know about Darian, uh, definitely look him up. Darian Wen. Um, Darian Wen. Okay. I'm not really on TikTok, lab- so. Yeah, no, he's really funny. Like Jason, I know you're gonna enjoy the TikTok. Okay, okay. I know. Get TikTok, bro. I don't know why you're waiting, bro. Bro, I already spend a lot of time on social media, bro. I'm trying to get TikTok, bro. It's for business, bro. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on TikTok. You can do it too. Okay, you can do it. Um, but yeah, like I'm really proud of where it's going, and I'm I'm looking forward to see where it goes in the future. You know, this year. I'm glad we had a shorter season this year because um, this year has been long and challenging, but like season three, so I don't know. Let, let, we trying to get a sponsor. We trying to hey, level up. Let's, level let's up. see. There you go. Love to see it. I think that's, that's awesome. something beautiful, man. Um, I guess, you know, well, you know, we're running out of time, so I'm gonna just pop off some science questions. You know, we've been talking about like science in general, like, so I'm gonna try to, you know, bring it down. So, one thing, especially like applying to how you know, COVID and everything right now. So, you know, the, we have like the protocols right now is like social distance, you know, wearing masks, sanitize, and everything like that. So, what scientifically makes that work? Like, why is it that those things are in place that? Like that they made that decision to put those things in place, and why does it work to stop, like, to slow the the, the spread of corona? Well, we, you know, we have been learning a lot about the virus this past year, and we started about you know the end of December, not knowing December last year, we've heard of the virus, you know, we know there's an issue coming up, and from that point we started around the world trying to work to identify what's going on and like. Um, a lot of data has come out and as far as like how the virus spreads we know it spreads in little droplets um, that form when you when you talk when you cough when you sneeze um, they come out of your mouth and your nose and um, they spread through those droplets and so it's important for us to wear a facial covering that covers your mouth and your nose so that we can stop the spread of those droplets um, and keep them contained to, you know, your person. And then um, hand sanitizer works to break down the actual virus particles and the virus itself into it basically dissolves it, I guess you could say, um, breaks it down so that it can become inactivated. Um, it won't, uh, it won't infect people. So we put hand sanitizer on our hands because we touch, you know, you shouldn't really touch your mouth, your nose, but it's inevitable. Some people do that. And, um, you know, you might, uh, we don't shake hands anymore, but just imagine like if you coughed in your hand and you shook hands with somebody and then they put their hand in their mouth or something, you know, Scratch it's, their nose. Exactly. Anything. Um, and we also know it can, it 
can survive on surfaces. And I don't know a lot of the data behind that, uh, like the surface viability of the coronavirus, but I, I did read some things about that. And so we're wiping things down, right? That's where like- Wipe I it down, wipe it down. Right, <laughs> wipe it down. Yeah, wipe it down. Yeah. I made that song and like, you know, for that reason, understanding that that was important. Um, and then like, I don't think people really think about this aspect a lot. And this is that like, the longer that this virus is alive, the more generations it has to mutate. Like, mm -hmm. and the virus That's isn't true. mutating. It's not mutating fast, right? Like there, there are definitely other viruses that mutate way faster than the coronavirus. And the coronavirus has a um, proofreading enzyme in it so it can spell check itself you know it's it's yeah. correcting itself as much as it can um but mutations are inevitable right there, there's never a perfect um I mean, that's how copy. we're here yeah that's that's, that's how that's we're here that's, that's yeah. why we're all so different mm -hmm. um but imagine imagine right like you see how different we all are right mm -hmm. three of us we're also different from one another but these differences evolved over like tens of thousands of years, if not like hundreds of thousands of years, I'm not really sure. Um, viruses have a much shorter life cycle. Those changes can occur, I don't know. I, we gotta look up how long um, coronavirus can live outside of the human body or inside, right? But like the more chances it has to have generations and with each generation, you could have more mutations, more mutations. And right now the virus has not mutated in a way that makes it easier to spread. We, there's, we don't know, um, there's no data that says that. Um, the virus hasn't mutated in a way that we think that our vaccines will not work. But if we don't keep the numbers down, like the, you never know what could happen. Um, so we, we gotta stop the spread so that we can stop giving the virus a chance to mutate and become different from then, what it is right now. Then it'll be worse after that. Cause it'll be worse after that. Like then, you know, all of our medicines, if it mutates in, a, in the place where we're trying to target our medicines right now, we have to start from scratch, right? Cause then it's not gonna work no more if it, if it changes too much. Um, little things like that. And I definitely don't wanna scare people but I wanna give people another incentive to, to not give up. Right, because mm -hmm. this is, you know, right now we kind of, I don't want to say we have it under control, but like, um, you know, actually the cases are going up where I'm living right now. Um, us too, us too, us too. Yeah, so we don't necessarily even have it under control, but like, it could potentially get worse if we don't, if we yeah. don't manage it. So, so, I mean, I think, I think the attitude has just become, you know. You know, if we get herd immunity, we'll be good. But, you know, the herd immunity could bring a whole different disease and a whole different virus in, in here. But, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. All right. It is tough. Like, and I tell people, like, I almost died from the seasonal flu um, three years ago. Like, really? I was in the hospital. Yes. Yes. And I did not get my flu shot that year. Um, I had it. I actually didn't get the flu shot two years in a row. And it was that second year, we had a record, like, like terribly bad flu season where more people were dying from the seasonal flu than had died, you know, in, in quite a bit of time. And I was one of those people who almost died. Like I was healthy. How old was I? Like 23 year old, 
very healthy, no, no medical conditions, you know, I almost died and it came out of nowhere. And so I tell people that because people think they're invincible, right? But you can mm. literally get a, the seasonal flu and die as a healthy 20 something year old. So it's so important to share that story because like people aren't taking this seriously. You know, some people have really mild symptoms for, you know, COVID-19 and some people out here dying and mm-hmm. it could be a toss up. Like, luck of the really draw. exactly. I mean, I guess it's bad luck of the draw. <laughs> uh, right. All right. Yeah. All right. That was, you know, I got kind of you know deep right there. I know. But we'll leave on a good note. The good news is we all have control over our own situation. So wear a mask, physically distance, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid and we're going to be okay. Like, yeah, that's the nice. good news. That is got, not out of control. I got like a random question. So I don't know how it is in New York, but in Massachusetts, when you go out to eat or something, they allow you to take off your mask and there's like a magic number of six people could be at the table. Is that yep. like a science thing? Like did they, they figure out like six people could be together? Or like, it's just nonsense. They just made up a number. You know, I I don't know if I can speak on that comfortably because, you know, I, as a scientist, would only hope that that guideline is based on evidence, right? Yeah. I haven't really looked into that. That is something that I am concerned about that I will be looking into, though, because we're still, if we're all eating... You know, it's not That's like what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's not like we're taking a bite and then putting our mask back on and then you know taking it off for a bite. We're talking, we're kiki, haha, you know, like all up in each other's faces. <laughs> yeah. Table. yeah. I, I was legit like one person in this whole restaurant when I was thinking, I was like, can fuck it all up. What's the magic number six? Like what I was like, I mean, it's better six than six people is not gonna. Do nothing? Nah, I was I was confused. No, I I don't think it's about not doing nothing. I think it's about if you have ten people at the table, those are four more people that will catch it if somebody at the table has it. So it's kind of like limiting it. The six six is still a lot of people. Right, six is still that, less than six, ten though. Th- th- think of it like this: it's like it's like oh, me and you and you, six people, me and you, 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 like that. Like think of it like that, bro. That's still a lot of fucking people, yeah. bro. All right, go by yourself. You know, I also I had a. One of my Twitter friends, Anna Gifty, she always be putting me onto the economic side of things. She's an economist. Okay. And uh, from talking to her, I always, now, now I'm like practicing, always thinking about the economics of things. We tend to think, you know, as, you know, Victor, you probably know, but like me and Jason, we probably think super scientifically, mm. like yeah. analyzing it from that standpoint. But like, there's a, we talking about businesses, though. You know. Yeah, what I'm no, yeah so I understand that too. I understand that. Yeah, like, like you got to give companies a chance to survive. And then it's like, where's the fine line between we got to keep these businesses alive and not wreck the economy, but also like, how do we not? How do we stop this pandemic? Like, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, it's. We it's weren't like, ready. We were not ready for this. Nah. Yeah, I, I feel like. We just got like all busted up, bro. It just, <laughs> yeah. it just happened, bro. And it's just <laughs> happening. Yeah. All right. Last question. Last question. Last question. All right. If you had to give one science fact. Oh, damn. No, I had a, I forgot about this question. All right. All right. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to switch it. Because <laughs> okay, I, okay, okay. I, I actually have a question that actually applies to something that I have in my life. Right. So 
my girlfriend, right? She had her little sister came up to me and was like, oh, she was like asking me about like math questions and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, you like math? She was like, yeah, I really like math and science. Those are like one of my two favorite subjects. So, you know, me, obviously I love science too. I got really excited. I was like, oh, what do you like about it? Asking a bunch of questions and I got really excited. And then she was like, and then by the end of the conversation, she was like, I don't really like it that much though. And I was like, did I ruin it? Did I fuck it up? Like, damn, did I, did I mess up? And I was like, I was like, all right, maybe I was like too, too like excited or something like that. So, so, you know, as a science educator and somebody that's educated on people on science already, what do you think is the best thing to do to nurture a kid's love for science so that it becomes like a lifelong love for science? Oh, I love that you gave that example because I, having worked in a school at so many levels, like I, I've had those exact same interactions with kids. Kids at all ages, it seems like when you are talking to them about something, I don't know how to explain this, but like, I, I mean, when you're talking to them about something that kind of takes them out of their normal zone, like their comfort zone or what, they, what they're used to talking about, and they're showing an interest in it. Um, I've seen multiple responses, especially when you, as we're talking about science, when you as a scientist are trying to engage that student and like get them, hey, like, let's talk about this more. I've also had situations where at the end of the conversation, they kind of like close up and they're like, okay, but I don't really like it. You know, I don't really like it like that. You know, I was just, I was just talking. I'm like, no, but you really, you really was you were you were saying something there like yeah, you, yeah. you actually really do like science um continue to have those conversations and like normalize um talking about science but also because i've had so many of these interactions i've learned to be sneaky about it yeah, okay and like do not let people know especially when you talking about kids and this is not every kid this is these are the kids that you know like if you feel like their response to you if you start having a long ass conversation about science if you feel like their response is gonna be like well I don't really like it like that do not go jump the gun and start going heavy on the science you sneak it in right Mm. like for example and this actually I don't I don't know if I want to give this example because it's going to kill the mood a little bit but maybe. um <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. it won't maybe it won't. Do it up, do it up. Um, so you all know who juice world was yeah. right yeah. um i taught at a high school this past year as a chemistry teacher actually it's a long story we could talk about that maybe another day but uh yeah. i was a chemistry teacher and uh juice world passed right and the whole day you know my students, I I taught at the end of the day, I did like administrative work at the beginning. And then I taught my chemistry at the end of the day. And so I knew that juice world had passed. Um, And when it finally came to my turn to have the kids at the end of the day, you know, they're coming in, it's like ninth period. Hey, Miss Baxter. And like, dang, all of a sudden, as soon as they all sat down, everybody's crying, like, you know, like real big tears. And the reason why they were crying, obviously one, Juice World had passed, but two, 
nobody had let them talk about it the entire day. Like the teachers, you know, I was working in a predominantly black school and I think we only had, you know, we had, it was a charter school, 400, only 400 students, but like only three black teachers. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, the, all the other teachers were white um, and we had one dude from Puerto Rico who taught Spanish. She was actually really chill. Um, but that was it. And so come to find out these kids were not allowed to talk about it in these other classrooms by their teachers who didn't look like them. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they had to hold that emotion in all day long. And then they felt safe enough to like talk about it and really release how they were feeling because they knew that I, I would let them be their unapologetic selves in my classroom. Yeah. Well, that's, that's point one. Two, um, so we had to talk about it, right? Because, you know, me being a caring and responsive teacher, I'm like, okay, you know, I had a lesson today, but it looks like we got to talk about what, you know, everybody's crying about because I can't, you know, I can't, I started the conversation. It was like, I can't really teach chemistry um, to these kids if they're crying, you know, and the, these are high schoolers, like seniors, <laughs> juniors and seniors. So these are big, like big tears. Um, so we talked about it and he died from an overdose. Right. And so first I had to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about juice world, but first we got to address like why this was, why this is dumb. Cause it's dumb. He didn't have to die. Mm -mm. Like he died because yeah. he was trying to sneak, you know, he's trying to sneak some drugs that he shouldn't trying to hide it. Yeah, in the in literally the dumbest way possible. Like, you know, yeah. like what? So I had to, we had to have that conversation of like, I know y'all love this man, but can we address that that was dumb? And they were like, we know that was dumb. Yes. And I'm like, okay, now let's let's talk about why he died. Um, and I had to break down the science of it to them because they didn't, they actually were interested in understanding how an overdose happens and like I gave them an actual toxicology lesson um in the chemistry class about drug drugs and um you know drug concentrations and how mm -hmm. drugs are formulated and um like I taught them about toxicology and connected it to things that they were interested in or things that they that were impacting their lives at that point in time and when I tell you that kids who normally like didn't give a shit about anything that I was saying in class days before weeks before were all tuned in like mm -hmm. literally a hundred percent like I'm with you teacher like like what, what's up yeah. like, keep, keep crazy the information and so you know I say all that to say like I didn't I did not approach that as like hey I'm about to teach y'all some science I really had to break it down into like a place where it felt very relevant to them and and important to them, like important for them to know that information. Yeah. Um, because having that information actually brought them a little closure, you know, to understanding what happened with Juice World and um, help them make better decision making. And like there were there was much more to the story than I learned science, right? It's like I learned a life lesson. I learned, yeah. you know, not to be a dumbass. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's that is kind of how I approach things like that. You know, there's there's a time and a place to be that preachy, you know, science teacher, 
and then there's a time and a place to really sit down and like be with your students and meet them where they are mm-hmm. damn that was i don't think that was a dark story i think that was a really yeah, beautiful story to be honest story, okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. that was a beautiful story because jason don't be scaring the kids bro yo, I, bro i just you, get bro. excited dog like it's literally dude, when somebody okay, said though. it's okay you gotta be chill though sometimes though yeah, yeah i learned after that situation relax, i can't like i literally was like I, I like you know I like got excited I started sweating bro I was like oh really like oh but uh, I have to chill for sure for sure but oh, I know, you gotta I, know relax, you gotta, bro. I know you gotta go soon so so let, let's cut it right here bro honestly this has been like this has been a beautiful amazing I, this is this is what I'm here for literally bro. This oh, is why I sit in front of this microphone every week bro trying to get people like you coming on so it was awesome. Raven, thank you so much for having the time to come on our show. Thank it means you, the world you. to us. You're fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not following her on social media, you're fucking slacking. Get, get on it, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. and follow her on every form of social media. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, by the end of this convo, if you don't think she's cool as shit... And smart as shit, too. You're kind of... You're you, kinda, uh, you weren't you listening. Know. You weren't listening. You weren't listening. Yeah, you yeah. Listening. You weren't listening. You yeah. weren't listening. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Go do it's that. time for the messy moment. Messy moment. Messy moment. Messy, messy moment. Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen. That was a fucking amazing conversation. When I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm probably gonna watch this episode like fucking 30, 40, 50, 60, maybe 100 fucking times just this week. You feel me? Oh man, <laughs> this episode's been so awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the messy moment, ladies and gentlemen. Lay- the, the messy moment is a time where we can reflect and we dive into this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The amazing conversation we had with Raven, she is awesome. She's a beast. She's the most hardworking person ever. She has the schedule from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. just hours, <laughs> just doing the most. You know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? And it's been such an awesome, amazing journey throughout this conversation, the many conversations we had. And my messy moment, out of the many, obviously, I, I, I love doing this. This is awesome. And if I, if I could pick a messy moment, it would be the whole episode. But since I have to get nitty and gritty specific, my messy moment would have to be when we, uh, when we were talking about the TED Talk that she, that she had and how I just related with her um with the fact that she was loving what she was doing she was loving the science she was doing the science she was in it but she felt alone and and for me that really hit me um especially to talk about it on the show because it 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 was something that I was going through I felt that you know what I mean like ladies and gentlemen you know a little secret I was I cried a little bit when I was watching that because I was like oh man someone that like like you know Jason and I find so like awesome and she's like so up there to relate to her in such a, a level like that was just it, it means a lot you know it, it shows that like wow that's you know it's crazy so it was definitely that's my messy moment just having expressing that and just knowing that both me and her made it out and we're we're smiling now our hair is not coming out we're we're fucking you know we're loving every moment of life now we're not fucking stressed depressed or whatever when we were on you know what i'm saying and yeah, thank you again, Raven. It was awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not following her on social media, like I said, follow her on everything. Let them know where to find you, Raven. Everything. Let yeah, them know where to find you. You can follow 
Okay. Hi, everybody. You can follow me at Raven the Science Maven on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter at Raven Sci Maven. I'm on TikTok at Science Maven, and my website is www.scimaven.com. S C I M A V E N.com. Boom. Boom, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Jason, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, I'm going to take. All right. So, my messy moment, you know, there's a lot of great things. This is literally, I'm telling you, I've been dreaming about this for months. All right. We finally got here, and it went beautifully, beautifully smooth, free flowing, awesome, right? For me, my messy moment, you know, this is probably like the third time this has been my messy moment, but I'm telling you, ed education, there's a lot of inequalities between our education systems. And like I said, bro, somehow there's standardized tests, but there's not standardized education over the United States. So clearly something's wrong in the situation. So my messy moment is when she, when, when she starts doing what she's doing, bro, we got to make sure Raven gets into office as the secretary of education Take Betsy DeVoe, whatever her name is, out of that place. Let somebody that knows what they need that needs to happen take what she needs to do and do what she's got to do. Because, bro, I'm telling you, education is important and how we learn and how it's presented to us is super important for us to have, you know, a long-lasting love for learning. And because, or literally, every day you wake up, you're going to learn something. So if you are, you know, have that love for learning and you get to live your life and be like that. I feel, bro, I, for me, I'm telling you, I walk every day and I'm like, oh, damn, oh, oh, damn. And I'm trying to learn something new. Is that just how life is? So that's always, that's my messy moment. Whatever you can take it. Uh, you know, I think I really liked the conversation about just living in your purpose and, and chasing your dream and, how we all pretty much feel like so much passion and energy when we're doing what we feel like we're being called to do and putting our mm -hmm. effort into that really does feel meaningful and important. And I, I think that's very powerful. And, um, you know, I think that's going to take y'all far. Like when mm -hmm. Jason reached out to me, I, about the podcast, I really had no doubt that this was going to be fire just because how excited he sounded in an email, y'all. Like <laughs> in an email, I was like, yo, I don't know who this person is, but they are so hype about what they're doing. Like it, it was impossible for me to not feel like I should be a part, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I could sense how passionate you are about getting the word out about what you care about and bringing people in who do the same. And I was definitely vibing with that and so i think that was an important part of our conversation today damn that's fire right. oh man ladies and gentlemen it's the saddest time of the show we have to say goodbye but first you gotta like subscribe and comment some great shit you gotta follow us on the you gotta follow us on all platforms our messy rooms our messy Twitter. rooms our messy rooms our messy rooms on instagram ladies and gentlemen check you later check you later Raven, you gotta get that, bro. You gotta say check you later. You gotta, you gotta say check you later. I'm too busy laughing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> check you later. Hey. Oh, that's a wrap. Oh Let's man. Go. <laughs> <laughs>